Yeah. <laughs> Basically. No pooping. <laughs> Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, March 14, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, Episode 495. This is No Agenda. Bringing happiness to the rainbows of your world. From the Travis Heights hideout where SoCo meets MoFo in the capital of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Devorak. <laughs> it's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. <laughs> so that line I used, which was yeah, bringing happiness to the rainbows of your world. Is that what the Pope said? I know. I literally stole that from NPR this morning. I swear <laughs> to God. On, what was it again? <laughs> so he, bringing well, happiness to the rainbows of your world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So, the, so this morning, Ms. Miki and I. We, first, we tried the news, like CNN. It was horrible, unlistenable. You know, it's just like total crap. And, uh, you know, like, uh, here's our happy news. This parachutist didn't die when his chute didn't open. Like, that's great news. And then, uh, and so we turn on uh, NPR, which is great here in, in Texas because it's on KUTFM. And uh, in the Netherlands, KUTFM is just very funny. Because essentially that would be the, uh, the equivalent of uh, CUNTFM. So oh, we are, so it's just always funny. Brought to you by yeah, especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of jokes there. Yeah, there's a lot of jokes. Um, and then you know, the, the, and they had this promo, and and I tried to find it because I really wanted to play it for you. Um, I think I guess it's a local KUT promo, and it's like some people, you know, today's crazy busy world. Some people uh, take yoga classes. Some people have acupuncture. At NPR, we bring happiness to the rainbows of your world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing that. That's fantastic. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm like, this is great. Yeah, well, that's our national treasure. Oh, man. Yeah, our national treasure. Indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Hey, so we have kind of a dilemma. We do? Yeah, I think. Okay. So I met one of our... Uh, uh, one of our... Um, producers he's in town matt uh milligan and his wife sarah and their daughter and the little girl who's three uh -oh. apparently is a massive fan of the show <laughs> she's a uh-huh okay right so she's like uh, she's she was singing the <laughs> mac and cheese song i have a clip for, of her I don't, I don't have to get it for the next show because it was kind of it was a noisy restaurant unfortunately and she's singing the mac and cheese song and she's babbling about one thing or another and she says where's adam it turns out she's the one who wanted to meet me. So uh, <laughs> it wasn't the parents. Well, no, the parents did too. But she was a big fan. She's like the real fanboy. Oh no, a girl as a, as it were. Oh, hold on and a second. So I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, geez, you know, and and, and we tried to discuss why the, all of a sudden there's a bunch of little kids, and there was a listening to the show. We had there was a right on the same day there was a tweet from some woman who said that her five year old, I believe it was her five year old was uh, visiting with the – who's another big fan of the show, five years old. Yeah. And she, and as Grandma left, the little girl said, adios, mofo. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the dilemma? Where's the problem? Well, the I'm dilemma is, you know, we're cussing a lot on this show, and I think you know we have to at least be a little circumspect, although we've cut it way back. I'm not but, seeing a problem at all. I wonder <laughs> what the deal is. So we discuss it, and it, 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 it sounds as if – 
all the lively jingles and all the stuff, the noises. <laughs> oh, it attracts kids. Yeah, it's like we're, we're like little shiny things. <laughs> that, yeah, we you yeah, know get a kick out of it, and they listen to it. And and this the three year old apparently when every time they turn on the radio in the car, she says, "Is that John and Adam?" Wow. So I mean, it's like this is an interesting phenomenon. It seems to me that we would have this, we have this brainwashable youth on. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm seeing. Well, first of all, that's fantastic. But I'm also seeing a uh, another potential product here. I'm I'm thinking uh, no agenda mobiles. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Our heads. Yeah. Think? So when you when your kid's in the crib, when he's you know from from birth, by the way, he's you know they have the thing that spins around, and the kid looks at it, and it plays a little too. That makes sounds. You could have just the jingles being exactly. It just be like it just be like a, in the morning. Consult the book of knowledge. Chef slave. Hey, shit is in. That'd be awesome. And the kid would just be like, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so this is weird. Now my keyboard won't work. You have you've been having nothing but trouble with that machine I, since you booted it this morning. That's well. I the thing is, yeah, I don't know. I mean, first it was the mouse. Now the mouse works, but. And I can do the show pretty well. No, I can't. I mean, I can't even consult the book of knowledge. And now it won't connect. Ugh. Uh, did you say something bad about the new pope? <laughs> okay. Well, since you uh, since you uh, brought it up, uh, would you uh, do me a favor, John? And would you please uh, open up the red book? Oh, which reminds me, it's over at the desk. Hang on one second. Right. Yeah, I will. I will wait for you. Oh, this is this is very. Crazy. Why is this? No, it's a Bluetooth keyboard. If anyone has any genius ideas, for some reason it just won't connect now. Um, it's got battery, I think. Let's see, connect. Maybe your batteries are low. Mm, it's not indicating that. Well, hold on. I got, I got batteries right here, so I can do that. Hold on. Uh, do you have the red book? Yes, I do. Can you tell me uh, what did we predict uh, for the Pope? Well, we predicted it'd be a uh, well. You made most of the predictions. I think I contributed little more than agreeing. Let but me uh, take you back in time, John. You have the clip. Of course, I have the clip. All right. See now, now normally I'd be able to find my back in time harp because I just type H and it would uh, take me there. Oh, you've uh, got these things coded by the letter. Yeah, but now I can't give away a secret. Now, now I can't. Now I can't do it because the, the whole thing doesn't well. So I'm going to be troubleshooting the Mac while we do the the show today. But let me take you back in time uh, to episode four nine or one on this very no agenda podcast, uh, often known as the best podcast in the universe. But what's oh, really yeah, interesting is who's going to come next, and this is where I think there is there is kind of a new world order agenda at play. And this may sound a little crazy. Surprise. Um, now, if you look at uh, what President Obama has brought to the United States, which is not just him, it's been a process. And, of and by the way, John, the thing that I found most frightening is not only the correctness of the prediction, but uh, the reasoning and how I got to this uh, prediction is, is very scary. Several presidents, Republican and Democrat, 
we are very much moving towards a Marxist slash socialist system where it has to be fair. Everyone does their fair share. You know, the American dream is, you know, you get to retire. Would you say that that's a fair assessment of what has happened over the past 40 years, John? Just getting by. Yeah, right. Just getting by. But that's, you know, we all share and we pitch in and you can't, you know, the richest people have to, you know, pay their fair share and a little bit more. And so it is kind of a Marxist um, a socialist type system that we're moving into much more like the United States of Europe, which is very much there already. But there is a... Um, the so it's referred to as the modern welfare state. I love how you and I play off each other. We should consider a show one of these days. Well, I hope so. Right, but you would agree that that is uh, Marxist at uh, at its core. Maybe not. Maybe you disagree. Uh, well, I would say by current definitions, yes. I think we need to keep our eye on the Jesuit cardinals. Now, the Jesuit cardinals, the Jesuits in general... From what I understand, I'm not, you know, this is where we need, uh, what's his name? Uh, Padre SJ, whatever, from Twit. <laughs> the guy got to ask we him have about a num- We have a lot of Catholic priests that are uh, Jesuits, no specifically. That can more or less give us the, 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 the background on this. And, they, and I suspect that between now and next Thursday, we'll have a couple of notes. But no, go we on. Didn't get specifically, it. No. Jesuits are, if you look at uh, South America, they are very much... Uh, from they come from a Marxist background, and I believe the next pope, and it could even be. Um, I looked up a couple. Here's one that's being talked about: uh, Jorge Mario Ber- uh, Bergoglio. Okay, John. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I accurately predict I, I the pope? That you actually named. I the actually guy. named the guy yeah. as the only candidate. Yeah, well, I think it's because the other ones that were up for grabs in the South America were not Jesuits, and you had this Jesuit thing on the mind. You were tapped in to the collective unconscious, my friend. Tapped in. Yes, and and I'm and it freaked me out. Well, it should have, and I. But what really is annoying, I think more than that, and I I consider it annoying, is they were taking bets in Vegas on this. <laughs> I know, I know. We could, and I, I should have put like five. No one would have guessed this guy. I didn't hear his well, name he bandied about. To Gregory. I'm sorry? He did come in second the last time. that. When oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Too. But, I mean, so forget about the bets. We have a lot of Pope trivia if you want to get into something. <laughs> no, something. not really. No. Talking about, well, the fact that he has one lung is kind of interesting. Oh, really? Yes. So, he's essentially the Jerry Brown of Pope's. When he was a cardinal, he wouldn't live in the fancy house that they have. Yeah, yeah. No, he lived in the apartment. Yeah. And he took a bus. Yeah, but he's also, uh, you know, we had we have pictures of him uh, hanging out with, uh, you know, the fascists there in Argentina. Well, play the French perspective clip. I, I love it the way the French always have a, a dim view of everything. <laughs> it's funny because you'd expect to be participating in the program, but... Well, if it's not a French pope, they don't forget that there used to be two popes, and one used to be in France, oh. and there was this big schism. Peter's- That's before the schism. Square in the Vatican, where, of course, uh, Pope Francis was uh, elected. Like all of the Catholic Church uh, in Argentina, Cardinal Bergoglio has been called into question over 
his role during the years of the military junta. From 1976 to 1983, Argentina was a military dictatorship. Between 15 and 30,000 people disappeared. And the church has been highly criticised for being complicit with that military junta. It was against this background that Cardinal Bergoglio, now the Pope, made his name. Some have questioned his role during this period. Questions that will no doubt resurface now that he's Pope Francis. Yeah, well, I'm just so the, you've seen the picture of him and um, Jorge Videla. No, I didn't. No, yeah, yeah, it's like he's, he's walking next. And you know, that Jorge Videla, of course, is uh, head of the uh, Argentinian fascist junta, who was responsible for tens, hundreds of thousands of people disappearing. Being, uh, being thirty thousand. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. What, since we're counting thirty thousand, and they just they're walking together, happy, smiling, having a good time. Hey, you kill anybody today? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly what we could have expected. Well, the funny thing is, it's possible that as a fascist, mm-hmm. uh, he might, as opposed to a socialist, which is your basic theory. That was my Jesuit theory, yes. Yeah, but it's fascism, socialism, advertising. Thank you. you. What's it. the difference, really? Uh, he might be able to go in there and clean house. Well, he's also the... Maybe there'll be some priests disappeared. Oh, yeah. Well, he's so he's going to be the Pope of the poor, I guess, is his his mantra. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Looks like we're well on our way. <laughs> he can be, he'll be everybody's Pope. I think that Pope of the poor thing and the whole his naming and everything else was uh, actually there's a clip here that another one from French, France 24, which was down uh, the drain. No, France. No, no, no. That's 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 another topic. Oh, okay. What do you have? I don't know. I, I printed this out and it's, it came out in two point type, and I can barely. You read. you print out your clips. I print out the list of clips. Oh, okay. So then I can check them off the list as as we go through. By them. the so, way, I uh, I fixed the keyboard on the fly. Oh. Yeah. You well, you've, you've done that a number of times. Yes. Yeah. So Francis yeah. won. Try that one. Okay, we'll give it a shot. Reforms and so on. Now, he's apparently going to take the name of Francis. How important is the choice of name for the Pope? Hugely important. As I said earlier, the uh, selection of the name often suggests uh, the program, as it were, of the Pope. And the person I immediately think of, of course, as I'm sure the entire world thinks of when they hear this, is Francis of Assisi. Il povero the little poor man. That is really, I think, the great um, inspiration, one of the great inspirations of Bergoglio's own life. Um, I think, I say this only, of course, half-jokingly, but I think some of the cardinals will be afraid that he will wander through the Vatican Museum and start selling off the treasures. He's, he's a person who is quite radical in his sense of the way the gospel is a gospel, a message to the poor and the downtrodden in the first place uh, and I think that that's that you know I, I, I do what most people do and I just look at the guy and go douchebag it's just easy it's just, you look at him he's like mm, not trusting him don't you get like a weird gut feeling when you just look at the guy nah uh, yeah I did there was something else weird that um, so of course when the uh, who was the 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 artist formerly known as the Pope what was his name the, the Benedict Prince yes so when Prince Benedict abdicated, <laughs> stepped down, quit, uh, lightning struck the Vatican, 
And when uh, Pope Francis was uh, inducted to the uh, Pope Hall of Fame, a seagull sat atop the chimney. Uh, the seagull is always a symbol of a coming storm in uh, maritime lore. Yeah, well, that's because usually, uh, for example, around here, since I'm kind of close to the water, mm -hmm. uh, if I see a lot of seagulls in the neighborhood rather than the normal crows that are all over the place, which are, by the way, don't trust a crow. <laughs> it's certainly not if you're selling Bitcoin. Anyway, so the crows are uh, usually all over the place and sometimes a raven or two. And then all of a sudden there's seagulls. If they're around and there's something coming in and the seagulls are moving inland. When seagulls of all the birds yeah, are moving are in inland, yeah. something is amiss. Something is up. Um, yeah, it could be. And there was supposedly, according to reports there, is that it was raining all day. And then when they finally, when the, when the smoke turned uh, white... They uh, the rain stopped and it was clear as a bell and it was the Pope came out so there's some something going on. That, just that, but that whole process is just you know, d um, what I don't know it's it dumbfounds me in a way where you know so CNN will be live at Tahrir Square where they've got you know the Arab Spring and revolts and we have you know rocket ships launching and we have live embedded and you know just all kinds of technological things going on in the world and then we all sit around and wait for a color smoke it's just yeah you think they weird. would have some sort of an led display by now yeah I mean, come on get with the talk <laughs> yeah <times. laughs> exactly uh, but you know they're talking about embedded and all the rest what, what are all these news anchors i mean why is brian williams actually going there for i mean <laughs> what's the point well, it's, these guys wonder whether they're not making any money, and I don't think it's a bad thing to send your reporters here and there. But there's—he's not doing any reporting. He's an anchor man. Um, well, first of all, it, it um, removes the necessity to um, investigate or report on any real news. Um, but I also I think they're doing it to entertain us, um, as is uh, as witness this clip. Um, now, of, of course, we all <laughs> we all. Uh, uh, are familiar with uh, the now infamous Brolf clip. I will uh, play it for you just to uh, uh, refresh your memory. Dr. Fauci, uh, thanks so much, uh, as always, for joining us. Good to be here, Brolf. <laughs> so, Why is that clip so funny? So we had a cardinal uh, top the Brolf. <laughs> I think he went one further. Okay, I'll ask Wolf. I, um, I heard it, I heard oh, it. Did you get it, Father? I got it. That's a very good question, Wilf. Um, <laughs> Wilf. That's a very good question, Wilf. Um, I think I think that's a close second to Brolf. Wilf. Definitely a close second. <laughs> uh, that's one idiot I'd like to... Okay. Wilf. Wilf. How do you get to there? I was watching the coverage, and then I'm like, wow, he actually said Wilf. <laughs> and, the, and the cool thing was, so they had, you know, like the, the, they had like the three chairs on location, so the cardinal, the guy on location, and, you know, like another guest. And when the cardinal says Wilf, that guy cracks up. But, of course, you know, it's a, it's a one-camera shot, so we're, we're seeing him crack up. Oh, Idiots. Wilf. Wilf. <laughs> You'll be talking to Wilf Blitzer, uh, it, and he's going to be on the IFB. So you, so 
uh, just three, two, one, and they said, talking to who? Oh, yeah, so Wilf? Uh, Wilf? <laughs> Hi, Wilf. Wilf, who's, who's that? <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, when you're on doing one of those remotes, you've got the thing in your ear. You, they, they tell you the last second who you're talking to. Exactly. And it's like, you know, just, you know, you can't say what, what? His name's Wi- what? W- Wilf. But no, the thing is, I heard him. I heard what he said. Well, well, that's a good question, Wilf. You know, the guy actually is like, no, I heard you don't have to translate. I heard what Wilf said. Uh, anyway, uh, in the morning to you, uh, John C. Dvorak. Yeah, in the morning to you, Adam Curry. And in the morning to all ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the water, uh, subs in the air, and all the knights and dames out there. Hell Yeah. And also to our artists, thank you very much. Nick the Rat, back with a vengeance um, on um, the, for artwork on episode 494. dot com is where you can find all of the art. Uh, also in the morning to the human re- resources in our chat room, noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com, which I apologize, uh, expired, I guess, two days ago. You know, that, yeah, it, I, that, not a lot is registered to me. Uh, but noagendastream.com was registered to me. And you know how, you know, you have a couple domains. You just, it's a, con- for, especially GoDaddy. It's a constant barrage of expiring soon. You go look, it's like in 2015. You know, it's like, uh. So you let us, oh. Yeah, so I did, at a certain point, uh, like, yeah, I'll check on that. You know, I'll, I'll save that email. I'll check on it later. It may be important. You never know anymore because they're always trying to sell you some crap or, you know, you go, oh, upgrade now. And I don't like to do automatic renewals because some stuff, you know, you just want to have expire. In fact, most stuff you want to have expire after a while. Um, but anyway, uh, so that I, I renewed it uh, and it looks like uh, most people are able to get into it. So hopefully um, not too much damage was done there. The DNS system is fixing itself as we speak. It is. It's shaking it out. And we uh, really do want to thank our executive producers and associate executive producers uh, for episode 495. And, of course, those credits are always listed in the show notes. Uh, it is uh, in the following convention, 495.nashownotes.com. And uh, a list of good people today, uh, some uh, familiar familiar names, familiar faces uh, coming in. Uh, but uh, let's... Uh, Run down the list and uh, see okay, what they have got, to say. Uh, Greg uh, Filer, Sir Greg in Lauderdale, Minnesota, nuts, uh, who's become an insta knight. But wait a minute, he's already a knight. He's already so a knight. Yeah. We'll figure out what he's going to do with that. He says, keeping it short, I need to call out. This is why he's, a, this is worth a thousand to him. I need to call out Matt Durance as a douchebag. Douchebag. He knows why. Wow. And he wants to send the two of us a shot of uh, karma and would like to be known as... As what? As Sir Greg Filer of the Tribes. So was he already a knight? Yeah. Hmm. As far as I know. Hmm. Well, I think... Well, well, it's... it's, We could ask JC if he's... Yeah, well, if he wants to be known as Sir Greg Filer of the Tribes, that would kind of indicate that he wasn't a knight, but I thought he was. Well, Well, why don't we knight him again? We'll knight him again. We'll take the karma, too. Karma. We'll take the karma. Hey, can I just say something before I before you continue there? Yes. Um. So we we from time to time we get karma like this from some Sir Greg Filer, and uh, I can't remember who it was, but someone gave Miss Mickey karma. You know what happened to her? She broke her toe. <laughs> no. Um, now she hasn't acted or actively participated. Oh, she got a job as an actress. Yes. <laughs> 
What, in Austin? Let me tell you what happened. So she got a call Friday, which was after the, the show on Thursday, where I think she got some, or yeah, uh, a Thursday a week ago, where she got some karma. And you know, she heard what the audition was for, and she could do the audition in Austin. She was like, oh, how can I not audition for that? And she got booked for the job. She'll be a co-star on Dallas. She's going to play an evil woman? Yes. Yes. Yeah, of course. She's got the Dutch accent. She's totally evil. Yeah, that would be the, you, you know, you got one of these, that her accent is perfect to play an evil Bitch. Dutch woman. I don't think she's playing a Dutch woman, uh, John. Well. Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So she's going to get a, get a, a, a co-star. Be a recurring role? Uh, well, they're very secretive about these things. Of course, you know, you don't get the actual script because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a episodic soap. Oh, yeah, they don't want anyone knowing it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so so like, we have to drive up oh, to Dallas. I really care. Yeah, so we got to drive up to Dallas, and uh, uh, and we don't even know what the taping date they is. They shoot it in Dallas? Yeah, they actually shoot it in Dallas. They shoot the show Dallas in Dallas? Mm-hmm. Ah, huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's uh, very little. If you go to Hollywood, you're kind of stupid. Yeah, because there's no jobs there. Most people, you want to get a job as an actor? Go to Austin, Vancouver, (laughs) Vancouver, uh, New Orleans, or Austin. Apparently, so shooting a lot in New Orleans now. Louisiana is huge because they they have this massive unions, massive tax. No, there's union, massive tax break, massive. Oh, they're giving like twenty five percent. You know, oh yeah, they're just giving the money away. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but, well, if you want to go get sugars, that's the place to go. But it, but I just like, wow, this is cool. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah, you, here's what you say, John. You say, oh, that's great. Congratulations, Mickey. Congratulations, Mickey. Very good. Gee, I have to I, teach but you, you can also thank the karma from whoever gave it to you. you <laughs> or or talent. That was. You could say it was talent. Yeah, well, she's always had the talent. She never got the jobs. Right, exactly. Take a lot of photos. Oh yeah! Oh pfft, hell yeah! I, I'm uh, hey, but you know what? The good news oh, is, oh, you're gonna be one of those nuisances on the set. Uh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second! Cut! Cut! <laughs> Honey, you sure you're feeling right for this scene? Everything okay? You 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 feeling it? You want me to read the lines with you again? <laughs> yeah. What are those a holes? <laughs> hey, but the good news is, uh, I'm banging an actress once again. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Onward. That's the. Uh... Yeah, it reminds me of a joke, but I'll, I'll discuss it for now. Kirk Ann in uh, Genesio, New York, 500. She remember the 500 Club and a double uh, producer. In memory of mom, whose 69th birthday would be today. Wow. If it wasn't for heart cancer. Hmm. It's terrible. I never even heard of heart cancer. <sighs> Have you? No. Heart Maybe disease, yeah, but not heart cancer, no. Benevolent outcome possible. Oh, say that again. I stepped on you. As she would say, may you receive the most benevolent outcome possible. Happy 500th. Oh, is that? Five, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's good. Well, that's nice. I always think of my mom well, on her birthday. I just, you know, it, I guess that never passes. You always think about her. Joan Dodafrey, Dame Joan to you in Morgantown, West Virginia, your old uh, stomping grounds. Mm-hmm. 31313. Um, ITM, Johan and Anders, calling out all the freeloaders and douchebags and losers. <laughs> hey. Oh, she's calling out all the freeloaders as douchebags. Oh, okay. Douchebag. Let me play the jingle then. Pay up, people. Love you guys and really appreciate all the hard work you do. XXOO, Dame Joni. Thank you, Dame Joni. 
Baron Pelsmuckers. Hey now, in uh, 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 Belgium and France. Yes, he he owns uh, it all. Three thirteen thirteen ITM Johan and El- Aloysius. Who's not not getting that one? I'm not pronouncing it right. I'm sure. As of today, three thirteen thirteen U.S. style. That was a good time for any to support your value for value. Only problem, you're invaluable, as opposed to Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep on it's out of the blue. Yeah. Please keep on making the best podcast in the universe for another ten years, or my commute will become terrible again soon enough. Give yourselves again some karma. Well, thank you very much, Baron von Pelsmachers. You've got karma. Yeah, Joseph Monty, Joseph Monty, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, three thirteen thirteen. Greetings, Adam and John. Greetings. Let's save the hammer for the man. Keep up the great work. And these are the 31313 special donations for episode 500, which falls on 31313, 31313. So it was exactly. cool that people were also doing this donation on the 13th, U.S. style, the European style. It's all whatever. It's all, it's, it's it's all, all good. It's all good. But these are special double producer credits. Yeah, they get credited again on the 500 on, show. On the, on Layla, which will be a nice list. Layla Hansel and Satellite Satellite B. What's this thing say? Let me Satellite Beach. Satellite B. Satellite B. Satellite Beach, Florida. Coming to you from Satellite Beach, Florida. <laughs> hey, it's the Brolfin Wolf Show from Satellite Beach, Florida. Uh, ITM, read this or not. Kamenit Schellen. Kamenit Schellen. Kamenit Schellen. Schellen. <laughs> which means I don't care. Uh, woke up and got on the computer. It was eight thirty-three on three thirteen thirteen. I thought, screw, <laughs> right? <laughs> Universe karma. So here we are, Adam. Sorry about last Thursday show. However, you know you have to keep going, doing the best podcast in the universe for karma. Best wishes to us both, and a round of karma for her family, his family, her family. It's her family. It's a Layla. Uh, karma does work. Kids are all homeschooled now. Oh, right on. LGY. And her nickname is Lulu on the Beach? I guess so. Send pictures. You've got karma. <laughs> Another one. Did I forward you the other producer who sent a picture little of Little girl, his, yay. Give her the yay. You want little girl? Did, you, did I forward you the picture of the producer who sent a, uh, a shot of his wife? No. <laughs> yeah! Let me just say. Is that what you said after you saw the picture? Exactly. But, you know, the cool thing is it's posed. You know, it's for us. It's like it's, this is not this is not just like, you know, like he snapped a shot and sent it to yeah, Adam. It's not the high school reunion. No, me. no. The, 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 this is like, yeah, I'm doing this for Adam and John. Mm-hmm. Brandon Savoie in Port Orchard, Washington. Uh, three thirteen thirteen. Uh, hi, John and Adam. You don't have to read this on the show. I like to hear everyone saying that now. It's great. Agree with your analysis from fourth ninety three about show length, and he agrees with everything we do. He needs some karma, job karma for his girlfriend. Yeah, watch out. Be careful because this stuff apparently works. You've got to get karma. a job. Yeah, you can get like a job. The problem is, is currently the, the job karma will get you a job in Dallas. Yeah. By the way, the uh, the uh, your choice of words uh, will it be shot in Dallas? Apparently, is in poor taste. <laughs> Very funny. Mm. You reading the chat room? I again. am. I am. I gotta admit that that's the best yeah. material they can come up with. <laughs> Jonas Astrum is Sir Astrum in some place or other. I don't know. It's a bunch of symbols on my screen. <sighs> Apparently, in Sweden, 
In the morning, John Galton Atlas hand out a douchebag to every boner out there. Oh, well, here you douchebag. go. Hey. This is a donation from the damn Soviet Social Republic of Sweden. <laughs> you can afford, if I can afford to donate, donate, so can you. He needs an LGY. No, we're happy to give him an LGY. Hold on a second. And pop it. Yay! Sir CQ. Oh, no, GQ. Well, it says CQ on the thing, but it does say GQ. Please use my title, Sir GQ. Don't mention my real name or location. I'm on the run. <laughs> he needs some karma for sexy Mr. Curry. Yo. Hey, hey now. You've got karma. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, well, now I know for sure, Sir GQ. <laughs> now you know for sure. Yeah, I met him. He, he, he was in oh, Austin. Yeah. Did he uh, wink? In a way. Good. Uh, Jezza jumped in Melbourne, Australia. Please credit me as Jezza jumped from Melbourne. Don't use my real name. I know I need a dedouching, but I don't want a dedouching. However, I find John's occasional use of profanity very persuasive in a creepy <laughs> NLP you will obey manner. Wow. Therefore, can I get a short, sharp pay-up prick from John? The <laughs> liberal use of this phrase when donations run low should, I hope, to be necessary to be the necessary mind trick to open up the slave wallets and remind people of the value-for-value value model. No karma or slide whistle up the arse necessary. Thanks. Well, I think it's very clear what he wants you to say. Yeah, pay up, prick. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. 269 bucks. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, associate executive producer. Yes, of course, and also Mark Stickney in Corona, California. And he just says uh, he just needs some, some uh, karma and loves the show. You've got karma. So those are our notes from their executive and associate executive producers for show uh, four, 495, right, or 496? 49 or 5, 49 or 5. No, JC is wrong. He's, he's been off by one yes. uh, every, every, yeah. Since last week. He, he yeah, he turned, probably looked at the old spreadsheet and said this was, I add one. You know, he's phoning it in. He's <laughs> phoning it in. He's phoning it phoning in. Phoning it in. Uh, I have a couple things. Uh, first of all, now we're not talking about. By the way, before you go on, I want to mention that you can go to dvorak.org slash NA to keep to help it is produce this show and channel dvorak.com slash NA if you, if you can't find dvorak.org. And also, you know, I should put a, a link, I suppose, on the blog that links to the donation page. Oh, now there's a concept. Yeah, you know, these yeah. things. Here, hold on. Here, do your, do your NLP and I'll do mine. Pay up, prick. Dvorak.org <laughs> slash N-A. So uh, I, th I don't think Eric the Shields thing is ready to talk about yet. Uh, no, he wants to wait. To like a database problem. Okay. Um, I do want to mention after today's live show on the stream, uh, there's the No Agenda Producers update. They've got a uh, – you can win a, uh, a DBX compressor limiter. And you can find the details at itm.im slash dbx. Uh, and helps you win what? You can what? A compressor? Yeah, they're giving away a, a, a DBX compressor limiter. Who is the? I, th I think it's a uh, Sir Gene. But you know they have the producer update. You know, as we did oil and you know, everybody giving away stuff. Yeah. What's a DBX model look like? I have one. Actually, I'm, I'm honey. You're soaking in it right now. We use a DBX. Uh, the two six six XL. That's what the uh, that's that's part of the chain that we're running through. 
And I also would like to thank... It's only 89 bucks. <laughs> what kind of asshole are you, really? <laughs> I want for 229. Maybe you know, it's the 229 model. Me about, by the way, I think there's a scam on the internet. <laughs> okay, really? Can yeah. I can I just finish this up and you can get into the scam? I just I, I got to finish one more PR mention here, okay? Right. I want to hear the scam. I'd like to thank Hans Peter Fjeld from Gitmo Nation Brown Cheese, who sent me an actual block of Gitmo Nation Brown Cheese. John, have you ever had this product? I think so, yeah. And when you unwrap it, uh, I tweeted a picture. It looks like a cross between uh, a big hunk of clay and a big hunk of caramel. Yeah, I've had that cheese. And apparently it's very flammable. Uh, I don't know that. But yeah, you do, because on your blog, there's a, a posting about how someone had a whole bunch of this cheese in their house, and their house burned down because the, <laughs> it's so fat, the cheese, that it just burns like crazy. And so you put a wick in it. Yeah, you can <laughs> it can use it as a candle. Well, that a, would stink up the place. However, th- have, John, this is an outstanding product. It's really, really good. There must be so much sugar and stuff in there. It tastes yeah, I know. really I've had good. That cheese. It's good, right? Yeah, no, it's a very delicious oh, product. But Mickey it, couldn't it, it, handle it. Kind of sticks to your. You, get, you, you can't really. A little eat too bit. Much. You, you get sick as a dog. But I can see things. where where a, a whole nation. Because I know the Dutch have some crazy crap they eat too. I can see where a whole nation just grows up on that. It's like Nutella. It's the Nutella of cheese, essentially. Well, it's like Marmite or like Vegemite. yeah. Exa- thank you. Exactly. You have to be br- you raised. You have to be br- raised because Mickey. She, you know, I'm like, oh, this is really good, and she's a, and she just looks at it, and she's already sick to her stomach. It's like I can't. You know, I, I another one that's like you know, there's another. We're talking about these kinds of foods. The uh, it's, no, the uh, Danish they have a they eat matches. This kind of uh, oily matches matches. It's like M A T J E S something like that. Mm. It's it's a it's a type of herring, and they eat a lot of herring in right. Uh, oh yeah, all absolutely. But this. But the one they like the most is not the ones I like pickled herring of American oh, style pickled from herring. Nova Scotia yeah. or yeah. one of these yeah. good herring with this pickled. Right. It's kind of sour. Right. But there's this oily stuff that they eat in uh, Denmark. Mm. I'm just advising Americans who go to Denmark, <laughs> do not order this. <laughs> this is not, not, not an outstanding product. <laughs> it stinks to high heaven. It's really greasy, and it leaves a really sour, not a sour, but just a foul taste in your mouth. It's not good. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Another handy food tip from the best podcast in the universe, and we would like you to do one thing, is go out and please propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. And by the way, we will get, uh, or I will in this case, hmm. get some nasty notes uh, about, from a Dane or two that will tell me that. Well, I'm of course, that, you're, that you don't know what you're talking You've about. You've insulted the Danish culture. <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, so the DBX266. Did you hear this? We have a new, a new kid. What is it? Fact. Fat? Fact. Oh, fact. 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 Oh, facts. Fact. And then she pronounces it. Facts. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's 
right, get on. Let's get to some real news here. But I'll listen to your DBX scam story, whatever. No, it is. I'm not. I'm just saying. Here's the, here it is for eighty nine ninety nine. Here it is for two twenty nine ninety five. This makes no sense. Why mm. would you buy that one? And here it is for one forty nine. Here it is for seventy nine. Mm. Uh, so did you ever like look something up? It's like a, you know, say let's say it's a ninety five dollar product. Yeah. And you you do frugal it or something, so you get a whole bunch of prices. There's always one company selling. It's like ninety five, seventy nine used, one twenty nine, mm. one forty nine, ninety nine, ninety nine, ninety nine. And then there's one company, usually always one or maybe sometimes two, but generally one. Twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> no, I, I have not seen this. This has not occurred yes, to me. No, yes, I I'll, now I'll have to document it. But I think this is some sort of either a money laundering deal or something they sell only to some insider because <laughs> someone in buys government. it. Yeah, they buy the twenty five hundred dollars version. Oh, we have we're budgeting for this for this device. It's twenty five hundred, and then they get a oh, kickback. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that as a money laundering scheme makes it's like. Um, like the movie with Hugh Grant, where he he his uh, the mob uh, buy is buying his crappy art. Remember that? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's well. Hey, this is hey. We should consider using this ourselves, my friend. Yeah, well, this we got to figure out. How to, you know, you don't want to just jump into money laundering. No, you uh, want to ease into it. You want to do it. You better <laughs> you don't do want it to, right. You don't want to talk about it too much. Talk, and, no, you don't want to talk about it too much, and you, you better talk to a lawyer. Hey, right uh, off the bat. Yes, before you get into it. Yeah, you want uh, Somebody gave me the rundown once on how uh, uh, Florida gangsters, uh, which many of them are retired from the the north, uh set up money laundering schemes with very expensive cars in Florida. And these dealers Yeah, the gray really market set, cars or or no, just No, no, these just, were all legitimate cars, but they were they would do something where they would buy the – and I unfortunately, I didn't write it down. And I, when I heard it, I said, oh, my God, that is the most genius thing I've ever heard in my life. And then I forgot about how it worked. But somehow you bought the car, and then you sold it back to them used or something, and then they refurbed it, and then somebody else bought it as a new car. It was some weird, convoluted buying and selling of exotic cars right, scam. Right. That's, and if anybody knows how that works, please send me an email. So, um, uh, no real clip to mention, but uh, I did figure it out, I think. The distraction of the week on no you say john was the big distraction of the week that we talked about actually it was it was you know kind of last week and we were trying to figure out what was the point you know we had this uh almost 13 hour filibuster by senator rand paul uh, of course heralded as the uh, the 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 leader of the liberty movement and i was very skeptical about this grandstanding uh, particularly because he you know very early on he had received his answer to the question which is irrelevant because, you know, it's like, really, this is what you're picking is the drone thing. Where were you three years ago? You know, A, um, uh, B, this you know, is this, this just so, so much so wrong in my for my feeling. Yeah, and even. then he kind of then all like on and cue. I, yeah, and it, on cue. Ah, ah. While that was taking place. So that's the Senate. The House of Representatives uh, approved and voted by 267 to 151 a $982 billion continuing resolution to fund the federal government through the rest of fiscal 2013. Right. Funny how we didn't hear anything about that. Uh, I heard about it. Yeah. It was on, if you watch C-SPAN, they talked about it quite a <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. But was that on C-SPAN? 
Yeah, I mean, yes. Sorry. Was it on CNN? <laughs> Sorry. Confused. My glasses fogged up. <laughs> I'm just hitting anything I can. So, but the slaves don't know about it. And that, of course, is really what, you know, and uh, by the way, a lot of it is for the funding of the Affordable Care Act, ACA, also known as Obamacare, which the president himself now calls Obamacare. So, yeah, he, he, which, what an egomaniac. <laughs> but so, so on one hand, we've got the guy, and he was an, an anti Affordable Care Act senator. He was, he's against it, you know, but here it is. It's, it was, oh, let's just fund it. And it's kind of like everything happened at the same time. Oh, that vote passes. Okay. Hey, hey, Rand, just a few more hours, man. Just make it look good. I'm, I'm not buying his sincerity. I question it highly. He may have the Paul name. You're telling me that the potential for a politician being (laughs) insincere is high? Hmm. Sorry. Well, I want people to consider it. And we, we become very unpopular often. Um, me more than you, I would say. I'm not quite sure how you get away with it. Maybe it's just respect for the elderly. That could be. Yeah, it's very possible. Hey, <laughs> I can't really. Uh, but you know, we'll say we'll say well. things from time to time that get people really, really angry and filled with hate and spew off nasty messages and just you know create entire YouTube campaigns about how stupid we are and we don't know what they're talking about. And but part of w- w- I think the beauty of no agenda is we can we have no agenda. I, you know, I, I look. I love Ron Paul. I also question things that he did, and you know, I've always had my thoughts about Rand Paul. But we, you know, but here we are. We sometimes we get stuff right. I mean, the Pope thing. How many people? You know how many, how many emails I got about you're an idiot. The Jesuits. <laughs> and not only do I get that right, I get the guy right. I get the. Uh, I've been. I collect some of these things. I collect. Oh really? The, oh, no, no, well, I, mean, I, I collect. You know, when there's, there's a website or something, I I, I Unfortunately, I'm so disorganized. <laughs> if I was, you know, well organized, I'd be rich. Yeah. But I'm. But because every so often, I just I, even though we don't do it much, I I just want to throw it back in their face. Oh yeah. With, right. You know. Right. Right. right uh, let right, me right. just quote what you said two years ago. Yeah. And, and just pull it out. Unfortunately, I can't find it. That's right. The, oh, <laughs> so, can't so, find it. so I can't do it. I don't. So I, I so I seem like a. I must seem like a very gentle person because I really know that must be it. that much. Well, we have a new drone target. I want everyone to take a look at. I you, and it's it's interesting to me how so many stories are essentially launched via the UK press, and I think really the Daily Mail, which I know. You know, um, from personal sketchy. experience, they're, they're, they're full of crap. The Daily Mail is very sketchy. It seems like a direct arm of... Uh, we own Truck Month. Because the, we oh, there you go. You, you go to uh, the Daily Mail, you get a pop-up video ad. Um, so they've got this U.S. Army veteran joins Al-Qaeda-linked group after months of fighting with rebel forces in Syria. Have you seen this? No. Oh, uh, yeah. This, so you've got to take Just Google for his name is Eric with a C, E-R-I-C, Haroun, H-A-R-O-O-U-N, 30, of Phoenix. And the article says, has joined an Al-Qaeda-linked group, Jabhat al-Nusra. And it's all these Facebook pictures. So this guy has joined Al-Qaeda, and, is, and literally it says copyright Facebook, uh, which is interesting to me because um, Facebook uh, never claims copyright. 
uh, over your stuff. But in this case, Facebook is claiming copyright or is given the copyright credit in every single picture. And the guy is posing with, you know, all with rock grenade launchers, AKs. His last name? I'm getting nothing. Uh, Haroon. H-A-R-R-O-U-N. Oh. F- he's from Phoenix. Eric Haroon. And you see him like, it totally like, he's almost doing the duck face when he's posing for these pictures. This is an actor, ladies and gentlemen. This is bull crap. And, th- and I guarantee you, this guy is going to get blown up by a drone so we can say, well, this is clearly the kind of guy, you know, that we have to deal with. You know, we couldn't capture him. You know, we had no idea where he was uploading all these pictures, all these selfie pictures to Facebook. Facebook knows who he is. You have to have your real name. And it's just tons and tons of pictures of him. This is a crock. Right? There or there was. This is hilarious. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like this is I got so... a picture of him here with the Palestine flag. Yeah. He's got, yeah. He's got the uh, that... that that headdress that, that yeah, he's uh, got the cigarette hanging out of his mouth white head and the cigarette that one yeah and he's hold and he should hold his arm is hold out, he's shooting a picture of himself but wait wait read the caption Haroon revels in his hero status and brags on Facebook and in YouTube videos of his bloody exploits in the Middle East <laughs> this is this is an actor ladies and gentlemen and this is this is this is bull crap <laughs> And they have a video. I think I have audio. Of the the video is kind of like, yeah, we smoked him. He's just showing a helicopter in like a, a probably in Phoenix. Oh, I don't know. I guess this audio is no good. No, but it's just but there's just a video. Of it. it's, no, we'll hear more about this. Oh yeah, we'll, so we'll I get some good audio. I just wanted to call him out we'll have as one of the generals. Out there. Well, oh, this is an example. I think you're right. He's gonna be this a drone. Somebody we got a drone. Yeah, because this because you know Awalaki, the story's old. You know, he's got the it's little. It's got the 16 year old that they killed hanging off of him. That's kind of nasty. But the only thing I couldn't find in the article, which of course is kind of typical because it's. Um, uh, because it's a, a UK article, is the term aid and comfort. Uh, but I'm just waiting for that. It's 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 bound to show up. Bound to show up. So, uh, yeah, okay. You spotted that. I'll give you a, I should put that in the red book. That's another one that's it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean, it's just obvious what they're doing here. It's obvious. Yep. Um... Uh, Another uh, bill popped up, if you're interested. Sure. Um, This is uh, Bill um, 748. Uh, Let me just double-check who uh, introduced this. I think it was uh, Wrangell. Um, hmm. Well, uh, it, it relates directly directly to this quote by our president. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. And here you go, H.R. 748, to require all persons in the United States. And we've been tracking this exact, this language with the Peace Ministry of Peace. Uh, what was it? Ministry Department of Peace Building. Uh, so on the heels of that legislation here, uh, proposed legislation, uh, to require all persons of the United States between ages of 18 and 25, that's seven years, 
to perform national service either as a member of the uniformed services or as civilian service in a federal, state, or local government program with a community-based agency or community-based entity and to authorize the induction of persons in the uniformed services during wartime to meet end-strength requirements of the uniformed services to provide for the registration of women under the Military Selective Service Act and for other purposes. So, hey girls, (laughs) guess what? Get your armband. Obligation for service. It is the obligation of every citizen of the United States and every other person residing in the United States, whether you're a citizen or not, who is between the ages of 18 and 25 to perform a period of national service as prescribed in this title unless exempted under the provisions of this title. So this is it. Universal service uh, in the civilian corps to build peace? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, to build peace. But I guess you only uh, see two year period of now. It says only two years then. So they're just it's going to be for two years. But I guess you can choose between eighteen. No, it's going to go like this. You get the you're in for two years. You're doing Mm -hmm. this, you know, scrubbing floors, whatever they're going to have you do. Yeah. Uh, you know, peeling potatoes. Probably not even that. You're mostly doing bookkeeping. Can I do just like? Can I train? Can I just go in? I can do military service, can't I? Yeah, you could probably do some, and then they're going to offer you uh, more money if you stay. So you Mm -hmm. have to re up for four years. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll be going into an economy that's in the tank, mm-hmm. so you won't be able to get a job. Yeah. So hey, I got an idea. Let's hop into the service. They'll pay me. They'll pay me minimum wage, won't they? I don't know what they pay. Um, but you get free, you know in the, in the olden days you used to get free room and board, but a lot of that's gone by the wayside too. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say what they're up to. Well, no slavery good. is what they're slavery. up to. They're for slave labor. <laughs> slavery. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think they're up to, John? Well, slavery. <laughs> Yeah, slavery. Yeah, look at it's obvious. You can either be a slave in jail or out of jail. It's your choice, whichever yeah, one you want. You get a little more freedom out of jail, but not that much. Not much. Not much. But yeah, at least you're not in the cell. They don't. At least you can go out at night. So, so I just ask. I just want to make sure that you know when you look at the rainbow of your life, if you are getting this type of information, if if anyone is tracking this for you, if anyone is looking at this kind of stuff, because we are. Exactly. Now, I want to go talk about a little side topic here. I wrote a column yesterday oh. about this fake uh, viral video that's going around. Oh, which I have not seen uh, said. It's uh, Jeff Gordon. Who is Jeff famous, Gordon? Jeff Gordon's a famous NASCAR driver, and he put a beard on and then went to supposedly they had hidden cameras. He went, so went to a, a dealership, for, a Chevy dealership by coincidence, the sponsors for the. Uh, oh, wait, this is for. Uh, okay, I'm seeing it here. For yeah. Pepsi. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a Pepsi ad. And then he said he wanted to take a test drive. He says he only drives a minivan. He got in this car, and then he goes crazy on this track that somehow has been, which is essentially a, a, a lot somewhere. It's been soaking wet for some unknown reason. And I dissected it saying this is a scam, and this whole viral video is nonsense. But my point of the column was that USA Today thought it was real, and they made a big deal out of it. Uh in fact, play the France 24 down the drain. Uh, here's another good example of how, how this played out. Also, we've got some support for you. Which football team does the new Pope support? Dan Levy has the hot news on the Buenos Aires club. Pope Francis is most likely to follow if we believe what we see in this photo. And then web news. What happens when a NASCAR driver takes a car for a test drive with an unsuspecting salesman? Yep, you get an internet hit. And so no, none of the major media questioned this as bogus. Now, the, the, and which I was 
with the point of the call. But then it came out, uh, apparently the Federal Trade Commission brought out this, and everyone has to go make a copy of this. It's an 85-page document called .com Disclosures. And it's people are just starting to analyze. This is perfect for you. You would love this. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there, the, the FTC has a lot of rules that you're supposed to follow. Well, .com Disclosures clearly says that a celebrity cannot mislead. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and that's just the, the crap they're trying to sell you. Forget about the stuff that they're lying about when it comes to, I don't know, Haiti donations, yeah, the International Criminal Court. Oh, hey, George Clooney, how you doing? So especially on Twitter or blogs, this is with this particular document, which is called .com Disclosures. It's available as a PDF. I printed a copy out. It's very interesting, actually, and they have a lot of examples of what you can and cannot do. Well, this is clearly this this fake uh, viral video is uh, clearly a violation of this. I'm very curious to see uh, what they're going to do about this sort of thing. In other words, these all these phony videos that are coming out as these staged viral videos that are purported to be, you know, you know, they're purported to be real. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes them so interesting to, to the public at large. Oh, look what he did. That was a great practical joke, even though the guy in the car is clearly an actor. It's an actor, the the camera, it's all set up. It's all predetermined. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, some agency will get an award for it. Right. As, as one does. Yeah, great. I'm just saying right off the top here. It's illegal. violation of the, it's, as is outlined in dot-com disclosures. Everyone should get a copy of this and start <laughs> hounding the FTC when these things show up. No, no, forget that. Start hounding Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, Pepsi. They should Screw be ashamed it. of themselves. They should be ashamed of themselves. This is a, a, this is a clear-cut violation of the FTC. Anyway. John, why do I not think that anyone gives a flying crap they about don't. it? That's they the don't. That's the joke no. of it. But I'm going to have to go back to work for the government. I'll go work for the FTC and start busting these guys. But they've got the the celebrities are out in full force. Did you see the uh, the most recent viral video, the most recent cyber campaign, the cyber war campaign that everyone's jumped on board for? Did you see this one? No. At this hour, the FBI and the Secret Service, they are launching massive investigations. Massive! Alleged uh, personal information like social security numbers, phone numbers, credit card reports, all from uh, for people posted on the Internet. That is what is now being investigated. The high-profile <laughs> victims include the First Lady Woo! of the United States, Michelle Bye. Obama, the Vice President, Joe Biden, among many others. Celebrities! Brian Todd has been digging into this story. He's walking into the Situation Room. <laughs> Wait, this is great. The guy is walking on the set, and Wolf says, he is walking into the Situation Room. This is fantastic. The guy is literally, he's walking onto a set. But no, 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 no. Digging into this story, he's walking into the Situation Room right now. It's a I'm in the Situation Room. And what is the question, of course? Pretty shocking story. Shocking. When you think about what's going on, Brian, what are you learning? What are you learning? <laughs> oh, Wilf. I love it when you say that. Wolf, a law enforcement Wolf. official says investigators are taking this seriously enough that they are going after the records of Internet service providers. Woo! We cannot confirm that all the financial... Gee, this is so convenient, isn't it? ...data for these celebrities being posted on this website is accurate. But two credit agencies say their information was accessed without authorization. All right, roll the tape. Kim Kardashian's auto loan. <laughs> Kim Kardashian has an auto loan? Are you kidding me? She has an auto loan? Bill Obama's student loan and credit report. Ashton Kutcher's mortgage. <laughs> Ashton
Ashton Kutcher has a mortgage? Really? Beyonce's address and phone number. Beyonce has a phone? A website with a ghoulish-looking girl on the main page is listing information it claims is the financial data of those celebrities and more. All right, so everyone had to get it. Now, of course, what this is about is there was a huge senatorial hearing, which was a, a beautiful, if you watched it on C-SPAN. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's what we do, so you don't have to. Um, they had the cyber. The, the, all of a sudden, we have a general now who's in charge of cyber command. Who I mean, this—he's got more medals than all these other yahoos. What I mean, what do these medals mean? Please, like, stop cyber attack in midway. No, no, I looked up that. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you, uh, you looked it. Okay, well, let me let me just get into. This was so coordinated. The FTC should be suing the president. And and so here's Diane Sawyer. ABC, of course, is always in on these things early. Um, but by coincidence, George Stephanopoulos, a White House Democratic operative, has an interview with the president. And uh, wow, Mr. President, we have these reports. It's about, I can't believe it is. It is the, the, the personal information uh, of the the, the the first lady has been stolen, uh, Mr. President. Now he's now the president's smart. He's going to go a long way, but he's. It was not going to really confirm anything, of course. George Stephanopoulos sat down with President Obama today for an exclusive interview. The president opening up about a story in the news that has touched him and his family. Yes, you know, I'm ready for like someone who's died, shot, you know, like helicopter you, down. And, you, it's, it's, do, what? You, do you have like a thing for Diane Sawyer? Come on. Oh, I do. I really she's do. Tall yeah, and she's tall. She's sexy and drunk. Easy, <laughs> easy prey. The first lady, along with other familiar names, appear to be the victims of a hack attack. Hack attack! ABC hack, senior hack attack! Justice correspondent Pierre Thomas. <laughs> Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Brolf, and this is Wilf. We're from the band Hack Attack. How you doing, everybody? Thomas has been tracking this story all day and first brings us the latest. This sinister-looking website sinister. is posting what hackers claim is the social security number and credit report of the first lady. It always um, surprises me that they never are able to track someone whose website you know has a domain registered, has a login from an IP address somewhere. You know, like Twitter accounts that are used by anonymous. Never ever, and these things just the website still up. You know, hey, you know, you no, it's unbelievable. you got an, you got an MP3 of of uh, of Jay Z or Beyonce on your site. You're you know, down. You're arrested. <laughs> you're down, you're, man. Yeah, the you're in down cuffs. You're in, jail. you're in cuffs. The FBI and Secret Service are investigating, and today in an exclusive oh, interview with ABC's George Stephanopoulos. President Obama would not say if the information is authentic, but confirmed authorities are trying to find out what happened. We should not be surprised that if you've got hackers who want to dig in and devote a lot of resources. What a dig in. What is this? Are they, are they mining for bitcoins? Um, that they can access people's private information. It, it is a big problem. Right into the White House. And again, I can't, I'm not confirming that that's what happened. You've got websites out there right now that sell people's credit cards. Yeah, no, you know what you have? You have websites out there by companies that sell your personal information and ruin your life. They're called Equifax and uh, other companies that have your FICA score, which you, Mr. President, are promoting to enslave us all to these real companies that have been stolen. Michelle Obama is not the only potential victim. Those targeted are a curious mix of the powerful and famous. Vice President Biden, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. The rich, powerful, and famous. I love that. Beyonce. Beyonce! Ah, that's, I mean, this is... 
Listen to the mind control that's going on Kim here. Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. The FBI director and L.A.'s police chief. They're all celebrities. Tonight, Equifax, a credit reporting agency, confirmed that unauthorized and fraudulent access occurred involving four high-profile people. Ooh. But they declined to identify them. Law enforcement Ooh. officials are trying to determine how much of the information on the website is authentic and how it might have been obtained. Oh, okay. So let's just go back to the situation room, the situation set. And let's bring in our Pentagon correspondent, Barbara Starr. Now, Barbara Starr, uh, <laughs> this woman must be so tired of what she does. She's like, oh, really? I've got to do, th- I've got to make up this crap. I can't make up anymore. I got to do seven minutes on this? Oh, okay. From the nation's power grid to online banking. We're all going to die. The U.S. economy is utterly reliant on the internet. Utterly reliant <laughs> This this story is, if you really listen to what's going on, this is all about the government uh, getting in bed with corporations, corporatism, you know, fascism, there's many words for it, making them share their information with you under now um, executive order. They cannot be penalized for doing so. They only have to be convinced, and this, of course, is one of the ways that you're going to be okay with it when you hear that, I mean, my God, if, if we... It's so embarrassing. Kim Kardashian has a car loan. My goodness, I hate for anyone to know what I'm doing. The Pentagon is now watching the cyber threat to the economy every minute. Every minute. We've seen the attacks on Wall Street. So this is from the, um, the, the hearing. Over the last six months, grow significantly. Over 140 of those attacks over the last six months. Yeah, that's really hurt the Dow, hasn't it, John? How's it? How's it? It's been horrible up, for Wall up, Street. Up. Nothing but up. We've broken a new high, 14,000. In the face of growing cyber attacks, many from China, President course, Obama China. recently signed an executive order to improve oh. cybersecurity. Oh. We cannot look back years from now and wonder why we did nothing in the face of of real threats to our security and our economy. Total inference to a 9-11 Pearl Harbor event. A recent investigation even pinpointed this building in China that houses part of a shadowy Chinese military unit responsible for thousands of hacks into American business and government agencies. Yeah, we'd like to point out that company was paid to do that. China's massive campaign to steal technology business practices, intellectual property, and business strategies through cyberspace continues, and it continues relentlessly. Those bastards better not try and steal our show. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. Well, that's an open source, so we, they can take the show for free as long as they leave in the ads. Well, let me, let me, we have no ads. We have let, just the pitch. Let me just finish it up with the final well, bit. Well, you don't have to finish it up because I got some clips I want to back Well, no, but this, up is, this is just 30 seconds of fear. I, I just wanted to give you the fear thing. Go. Now, a recent DOD report noted that even the Pentagon's own cyber systems are so vulnerable to an attack that during a drill, an exercise, those playing the role of opponents were very easily able to overwhelm. Okay, Brolf, bring it home. Pentagon cyber defenses. Wolf? It's a real serious problem out there, and I know they're working overtime to deal with it. It's only going to presumably <laughs> get overtime. worse down the road as it's, well. Bar- it's only going to get worse down the road because that's in the script. Barbara, thank you very much. Let me move on to something well, even thank worse. Thank you. Ah! And aside from sounding the alarm on cybersecurity, the Director of National Intelligence is now warning about n- uh, nuclear threats from North Korea. North Let's Korea! <laughs> <laughs> just, just buy okay. some shit you don't need, North Korea. So there is uh, another, a bunch of interesting memes at this uh, particular uh, hearing that you're talking about. 
uh, and they're trying to sneak some of the stuff in play. Let's start with listening to uh, you. Know, first of all, there's this immunity debate, and this is these are the two guys. The two guys that were at, were uh, up at, in front of Congress, the Levin Committee, were uh, two generals who were part of Stratcom and Cybercom, oh, yeah. and and there were one of them was this new guy, this this expert on cyber terrorism <laughs> who knows nothing. And and by, by the way, there, there's all the million badges this guy's got on. <laughs> what does he have? What does it have? Like, well, if you look at it, it's a distinguished service, not you know, tying, it's essentially stuff you would get in the, in school. <laughs> yeah, for a, a good attendance. <laughs> good attendance. If you look at these badges, I'm, I swear to God, if you start read, kind of read, figuring out what they really mean, it essentially said good attendance. <laughs> So he always showed, showed up, up showed up, showed up for showed the meeting. Showed up a lot. All right. <laughs> so to play, I, I got a couple of things here that are kind of interesting, and I, I'll probably cut them off. But play Immunity 1. This is like a big deal they're talking about. Uh, Senator, I'll give you a, my my answer here, and I'd ask you just take that for the record to get you a really accurate and a detailed answer on it, because I do think this is important to lay this out. The issues, as I see it, for liability protection are in two parts. When the internet service providers and companies are acting as an agent of the government and make a mistake and are subject to law suits, the issue becomes they get sued so many times by so many different actors that they spend a lot of money and time and effort responding to those lawsuits when we've asked them to do something to defend the nation. So there's that one set. And the other is, let's say theoretically that we send a signature that says stop this piece of traffic because it is that wiper virus that hit Saudi Aramco. But we, the government, mischaracterize it. And when they stop it, that stops some traffic that they didn't intend to, nor did we. We make a mistake. Mistakes are going to happen because when you have real-time concerns, emergency concerns, some traffic may be impacted. That traffic that is impacted, the Internet service providers would quickly fix by altering that signature to get it right. But some traffic has been delayed or disrupted by their actions okay, now, because now we've skip asked to Skip the immunity two. Oh, skip two. I thought you said skip it. Yeah, skip two. Okay, here we go. I'm not talking about giving them broad general immunity, and I don't think anyone is. It is when they're dealing with the government in good faith in these areas, we should protect them for what we're asking them to do. And After all, they're wearing the shirt. I think that's in, in the venue. I'll get you a more specific answer from anyway, our... So, so, so they're in bed with the ISPs, and they're trying to figure out how to do the immunity so it's well, not too offensive. What I understand, the, the ISPs are uh, saying, hey, wait a minute, we shouldn't be the only guys. It should be Google as well because it's really the applications that are being used. So Google should be should be pulled into this. And yeah, no, they're, they're getting everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, it's by the fantastic. Way, so just, as an, just as an aside, I'm listening to this, and I heard this more than a few times. Didn't we play a, Ron, a Rand Paul clip where, or somebody or somebody was talking about the Senate and you can't have devices in the Senate? Um, it was the show before. You, there's no computers. You can have computers, I think, in the House, but the Senate, no, you can't have any devices. Mm, yeah, vaguely. Vaguely, I remember something about that. Oh, okay. well, I do remember it because I, when I heard this, if you play do electronic devices in the U.S. Senate, tell me that you don't hear an electric – some guy's message. Blackberry. <laughs> what it really impacts is as you look at – uh, commands like trans, uh, Transcom and others, and our ability to communicate would be significantly reduced. Mm. And it would complicate our governance, if you will, and our ability for the government to act 
uh, on a more scale. I think what General Kaler has would be intact. What was I supposed to hear? You heard a click, click, click. It was, a, yeah. it was an instant message, and then there was a uh-huh. follow-up, uh-huh. and then I have actually another clip where, where he started. He started getting that reminder beep. <laughs> you didn't hear it in there. It's like a, I heard a click, click. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure yeah, what it was. Click, click was because as soon as he heard the click, click, he looked down on his phone. Ah, okay, that's which the, you that's can the surf off. the web on a phone. I mean, this you know they should take these phones out of the out of the Senate. Anyway, so so this anyway, this hearing went on and on with all kinds of different kind of crazy things. At one point, there's this one guy who just seems like the dumbest guy in the world. He's in from Florida. His name's Bill Nelson, mm. and he's a soft-spoken kind of a slow-talking southern southern senator. And he, I believe, he didn't get the memo or he wasn't in the meetings. And so there was this. So he started bringing up something that was off script. Uh oh. And every time I see this sort of thing, I go, "Oh, brother!" It always reminds me of the. The ex-prime minister of England that said that those crazy meetings that they have where they're yelling at each other are all scripted. And we had the clip of that. It was very interesting. So here is an example of a guy going off script with a question of these two guys and then interrupted, being kind of told he's going off script. (laughs) And then he... even though he's given the go-ahead, if he wants to ask any more questions, he completely backs off. It's one of the, it's a great little drama you're going to hear right here uh, on this uh, clip, which is the the weird one. I got it. The weird one, yes. Uh, answer uh, it, that reminds me, you know, in the disintegration of the uh, Soviet Union, it was the United States that uh, took the initiative through non Luger uh, to go in and try to secure those nuclear weapons, and that turned out to be a very successful uh, program. And in this new world of cyber threats, uh, we, of course, have to be responsible for ours, but we have to worry about those uh, others on the planet that have a nuclear strike capability of protecting theirs against some outside player coming in and suddenly taking over their command and control. General Alexander, do you have any comment on that? Well, I wonder if you would yield before his, Certainly. his <laughs> answer. Um, and that is, it's a very important question. I wonder for starters, and I didn't mean to, I shouldn't interrupt the answer, <laughs> as to whether, for starters, uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Nelson, that we should ask the intelligence community writ large as to what we know about that. I, I, okay, if now, you want to, if you want to say that, uh, no, no, I, and we we will do that. We, it's a great idea. It's an important point. We will take that on. Um, <laughs> we will ask, but let me not interrupt further. Your the answer that okay. I, I know General Alexander is going to be uh, constrained as what he can say in this setting. So let me just defer that then for a classified setting. Well, not just classified, but also a, a broader intelligence community assessment as well. If we could uh, do that, Senator <laughs> well, well, I don't want to... Well, General Alexander knows everything about everything. Uh, is one of the guys' names Major Nelson? Um, is the two guys are... Uh, Did I hear that? Or no, did I just Keith, imagine no, that? I don't know what they were referring to. It's Keith Alexander. That's the Cybercom guy. And the other guy was Robert Ke- Keller, who's a U.S. strategic... Command guy Stratcom, and uh, so so Nelson Nelson is the is the senator. Oh, okay, all right. So Good. Senator Nelson. So Nelson's yakking away about this idea that 
because it's, it's in other words, there's a scripted thing in play, yeah, yeah. which is going to involve some sort of bullcrap virus that takes over command and control mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of, of the mm-hmm, Russians. Mm-hmm. Like the Russians of all people are not going <laughs> to let that happen. They're probably better at hacking it than we are. Yeah, and, but that's okay. It can happen. So he is. He's asking this question. It's obviously part of a bigger. It's part of a bigger script that Nelson knows nothing about because he's a rube. But he <laughs> and he's never expected to come up with a good question. He asks the dumbest stuff. So he asks this, like, dynamite question, and then, oh, my God, he's oh, stepping stop, right in our stop, plan. Stop. So he's yeah. – uh, where is he from, Nelson? Florida. Florida, right. So they they stopped him in his tracks, and you could see the look of realization on his face that, oh, uh-oh, maybe <laughs> – and then somebody says, I, I, I defer my – no, you can ask your question. No, 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 no. I'm not going to ask the question. And so it was just like – to me, it was hilarious that there's something afoot. This is Bill Nelson. Is that who it is? Yeah, Bill Nelson. Let me see what he, uh, what does he do? Does he have a, so how did he get on this uh, panel? He's just in that committee. It's a, it's a committee on cyber. Jeez. cyber if you go cyber to, summer. if you go to Bill Yeah. It's creepy. The, the guy. Yeah. Go to look at yeah. him. Look at him with the boy scout. Oh, what, what? <laughs> just scroll, just scroll down. Nelson tries out simulator for training drone pilots. Really? Jeez. Nelson goes on Python hunt in Everglades. What are these people doing? He's kind of got that aged milfy wife thing. Do you see him with the with the I don't I'm not on this page. It's Bill Nelson. Oh Senate.gov. And you scroll down and there he is smiling at a Boy Scout. Looking all creepy. I would take that picture off. If I was doing his PR, I'm like, nah, not good. Because you never know what could happen. Someone, <laughs> Some stories might come out while you were looking for your python in the Everglades. I mean, come on. <laughs> How more obvious can you get with your headlines? <laughs> I was looking for a python in the Everglades, and I saw a Boy Scout. Ugh. All right. Yeah, I'm looking there. That's pretty good. That is pretty well, good. It's funny to see this these things unfold because now we know it's essentially it's a heads up. Well, what I, what I what I like so so we have the heads up on that end, but you see that that stuff it's kind of like the 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 U.S. you know the 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 veteran who now has joined Al Qaeda. It's like we're tired of El Waki. We need a new actor. We need a new episode, new season. So you know part of this is. If it could happen to the president and the first lady and to Kim Kardashian, it could happen to me. So I need my service provider to be on my side sharing my information with the government. That's what's taking place. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a coup. And there, it's a, <laughs> yeah, and I think we're on the losing end of the stick here. Well, we might not be. If, oh? if I've got this clip, unfortunately, we might be on the... I think, in, yeah, losing end of the – unless we take a job in the government, and I found it. I found what we can do. And this is another clip from the hearing. It just, like, says, here you go, guys. Quit your show and go do this. Just, it concerns me mostly. General Alexander, let me uh, raise a, uh, an issue that, as Senator Liebman indicated, the Col- – excuse me, Senator – uh, Levin, the, the Collins-Liebman legislation was not successful. I, I share his view. It's very important because right now we have a, essentially a voluntary scheme. And one of the arguments that's raised uh, by the opponents is that it would impose too much cost on 
the business community, et cetera. Your knowledge of the potential uh, state and non-state ability to disrupt the economy of the United States, not our strategic command, but ATM machines, et cetera. Do you have a sort of, have you done? Nice list of examples, ATM machines, uh, et cetera, uh, et cetera, by the way, et cetera. By the, <laughs> essentially, they, they're starting to replay the Y2K scenario. Yeah, so very nice. Oh, we can, do you have that script still somewhere? With I don't, I, I know donkey what it is edges. a presentation. Yeah. On a calculation of the potential cost to the economy, cost. Uh, if cost. Uh, someone decided to conduct a, not a, you know, intermittent attack on a uh, hey. banking system, but a concentrated attack. <laughs> hey, hey, what, what would it cost if someone had an internet attack? I'm thinking, what are you thinking, John? I'm thinking trillions, trillions of dollars, man. What do you think? Well, you know, because you, you clipped it. <laughs> well, Senator, the, the, an attack on our bank, as you know, would be significant. Our bank? Our bank. We have one bank now. I heard that, too. Like, <laughs> we our have bank. our bank. It would have significant impacts. And if people can't get to their money, the impact of that is huge. And you've seen that. Uh, and we've discussed that. Um, Where have we seen that? Where have we discussed that? That's not true. <clears throat> what I'm concerned about is a distributed denial of service attack could accomplish that. Uh-huh. A significant distributed denial of service attack could make it very difficult for our people to do online banking. Well, can we not just go to the bank? Can I just whoop do doop do you cannot go to, to the bank. I'm going to walk in. There's a million bank. Uh, oh, there's a Chase Bank in the HEB. I can go to the bank. Online trading and others. The cost. Um, so there's the cost of losing. This is going to kill Bitcoin, by the way. Losing that. If you think about Amazon. One hour of Amazon costs seven million dollars in profit to them if they were if they were offline. Um, there's also a cost that. Hold on a second. Boo-hoo. It's also a bogus concept. The one hour they they would lose that much if everything was continuous. But uh, if you are going to buy something from Amazon and they're down and they lose that seven million, you go back and buy it tomorrow. Yeah. So they don't really lose anything except somebody who changes their mind. But also, you know, the, I think the number one place where uh, DDoS has come from is from Amazon's own AWS infrastructure. <laughs> Amazon would just yeah. shut it off. You know, they, they run all that stuff. Everyone uses Am- hacked Amazon stuff to do that with that complicates legislation and that each of our uh, critical infrastructure uh, portions of our industry have different levels of cyber readiness if you will so the banks and the internet service providers are generally pretty good the power company is not so good and the government's somewhere in between and so the cost for preparing for fixing that is significant and i think the issues that i get talking to industry is their concern on creating an over bureaucratic regulatory process so i do think that what the administration has put forward is let's sit down and talk to them on the way to on the way to address this is a great step forward it really does allow us now to sit down with industry and say so here's what we think needs to be done all right is, is it getting to the point of where we yeah, can I'm make a living no 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 i want to hear it do you mind do you mind if I just listen to the guy say it? Uh, well, I, I think I can summarize it. I, I want to hear. Well, then play. Okay. And in my discussions with the power company specifically, their comment is, look, we'd like to do that, but that's going to cost more. How do we do that? Ah. But the point, and my final point, is from your perspective right now, if an attack, which is conceivable, took place, 
the cost to that company would be many, many times the cost of preemptive action today, and yet they still object to that cost. Now, the probability of tax has to be weighed, but it, does that probability today is 1%? That cost, you know, that might be a reasonable judgment. But I think the impression I get from your testimony consistently is that percentage or probability goes up and up and up in each day. So we've reached the point where do the math. And right. if they're not investing in protecting themselves as financial institutions have, then the cost they're likely to, you know, probably to shoulder will be catastrophic. Um, that, they don't seem to get that point, though. I think that's, that's accurate. Just as you said, it increases every day. That's the concern, and I think. So what do we do? Do we become um, cyber consultants? Here's the deal. You can see this coming down Broadway. This is a scripted bullcrap event that we were listening to. I think now I convinced all of everything on C-SPAN is a hoax. But so we're listening to this guy. What they're doing is they're setting it up so these, you know, because these companies, like a power company says, yeah, we're not going to do this crap and spend all this money for no good reason. This is bogus. And they all, everybody who knows anything knows that this is all, you know, just, you're not going to bring down the grid. So, but the government's going to demand that they prove it. So well, well let, me, let me just give some background money, to that. Money, money, is going to be pouring out from the government to hire consultants. Yeah, some background on that is when Y2K took place, I was running a publicly listed company on NASDAQ. And the SEC required all publicly traded companies not only to report, but to actually implement Y2K measures, and it had to be certified. You had like some bogative certification thing that was out there. Totally. So first of all, we need a snappy name because Y2K, I mean, here we are. It still exists, you know, 14 years later. What is this? Is this CYA? That was a good to be a good one. CYA, CYA Consultants. CYA Consultancy Inc. Hello, can I help you? <laughs> but we need. They have to have a name for it because you know, just cyber war, cyber attack. I think they're working on it. I think within the next few months, we'll have a name. We'll have a. There'll be a name for this problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A contingency, something or other. And that once that once that's set in stone, then there's going to be just exactly what happened in Y2K. There's going to be the government's going to, you know, there's not even the government is freaking out. It's the smart money that creates this bull crap so the yeah. consultants can move in and score some easy cash with kind of, you know, uh, canned reports. You do one yeah. elaborate, big, thick, giant document. Hey, wait, so company. so we need to get some clipboards. Oh, yeah, and, and some, hard hats. <laughs> hard hats and white coats. And if you see us walking around your company. You know the reason why. <laughs> it's like, mm, what do you think, uh, Professor Dvorak? Uh, let's see. Okay, chairs at proper height. Check. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> let's see. Uh, Wi-Fi passwords enabled. Yes, check. Okay, that's all very good. You're all, looks like you're compliant. Wow. For the cyber. For the grid. Don't put the grid on the internet, then. Well, here's the thing that got me. I was li- I watched all these these hearings, and it seems to me there's something. There's a couple of things going on. One, there's a there's a uh, a parallel internet called Internet Two, which I believe is still playing. Yeah, that's um, that was the the, ed- the educational thing. super high speed thing. Expensive, yeah. yes. There is no reason why you can't do a 
a old fashioned, a, you know, just redo TCP/IP and do and develop a parallel internet to the commercial one and get these systems off the public network. Yeah, there's no reason. It doesn't have to be why on there at the all. Why is the military got? And why would there be weapons systems? And the, the uh, <laughs> nuclear capability, the, the the command and control center on a public network. What is that all about? All I know is when you go into an Air Force base or any base for that matter, and you if you wanted to open up your laptop, the guards will be coming in at you every which way. They, you can't even go online there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of security when it comes to this stuff. So this is all bull. And you know what? You know what really irks me, what really makes me mad because, I mean, we see this, so you, you're so correct, of course. Do you know how many celebrities are already consulting with the government? I mean, like, big names, big names. And, you know, and, and, and they're getting paid massive dollar to consult for the government. And, I, and, I, and, and it, it kind of comes all to a head. You know who Jeff Baxter is? Je- Skunk is his nickname, Jeff, Jeff Skunk Baxter. Yeah, no, I've actually had him on my old Silicon Spin show. So, in fact, uh, wait, I got to throw a little Jeff. I also had him on earlier in uh, during the real computing radio show era, in when Napster was a big deal, and mm-hmm. uh, Baxter and his Baxter's uh, and his agent, I guess it was his agent or his publicist, just the only the, one, the only interview that we killed ever, really, on that show was this one. This guy, his his agent or his, I don't know what a man, I don't know what he was, but he was the he was doing all the talking. Han, I think Handler would be uh, more his appropriate. Handler. Yeah, ba- Baxter was kind of embarrassed by this whole episode, but he went on the on a rampage about stealing music. So let me and, ju- let me just say one thing, Baxter. For those you don't know, uh, played in uh, Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. He's kind right. of a session guitarist, really. He's but, a really good guitarist. Yeah. But anyway, he's like considered one of the best. Anyway, so this guy blows up. And he just hangs the phone up on us, and this this manager guy and, and handler he's moaning about MP3s and they should arrest everybody and throw them all in jail if they copy a song. And he went on and on. He was completely out of touch with the reality of the situation. And I got a kind of a kick out of it anyway. So he comes on the Silicon Spin show some years later as this expert, and you're going to describe it. Well, uh, worse, he's going to talk about some of his friends. Who he's recruited as experts, so he is now a major consultant on missile defense. Yes, he was a missile his, defense as a as a hobbyist. Apparently, yeah, he, yeah, he became yeah. a expert on missile defense. And so here he is speaking at I think it's a spook gathering because I received this video. It's on YouTube, so you can watch the whole thing. It's about an hour. Uh, is show notes uh, uh, show notes dot com. But listen to who he recruited it, and listen to the ease of how he's hanging out with the elites. And I lost all respect for the guy. To see them all. Now, that's not to say that the intelligence communities haven't stepped up to the brand. They have some of the communities, some of the agencies have created what they call red cells or red teams to have a different, non-traditional way of looking at things. But the problem is, if you take a guy who plays honky-tonk piano, and you put him in an orchestra, and you tell him to play Beethoven's Sixth Symphony, 
it's going to come out sounding like Al Albert Ammons' Boogie Woogie because he doesn't know how to do it. It's not that he's a bad person. It's not that he's a bad musician. You have just taken him to a place where he has no expertise. So what you got to do is you got to go out and you got to find folks. Well, I'm looking for folks. So I talked to my buddy Dan Aykroyd. I play in a band called the Blues Brothers a lot. Dan Aykroyd, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's an actor. Very funny guy. Very smart guy. Good musician. But did you know that he is a brilliant um, 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 Spook uh, thinker when it comes to oh. Homeland Security. <laughs> no, no. Well, of course you don't because he doesn't advertise. He doesn't talk about it. But he came to me after we opened the Blues, uh, the um, House of Blues in Chicago one time, and he showed me a, a, a piece of paper that he'd written a plan on to be to create a situation where you could raise money for Homeland Security using input from corporations in different towns across the United States to bring money for. Uh, training, equipment, and, and, and exercises. And Dan, by the way, is a, is a Canadian citizen, so his interest was all, also bringing Canadian and U.S. law enforcement together. Now, at this point, I'm like, what? Dan Aykroyd actually spends time thinking about how he can fund the enemy? Department of Homeland Security? Who run TSA and, and Border Patrol? Really? Is this guy MK Ultra or what? And then listen to listen to the ease the ease that Skunk Baxter has access. It was a very very smart plan. So I figured, okay, Dan, tell you what, let's go to the White House. So I take Dan to the White House with me. I introduce him to General Gordon, who at the time was the president's person, point person on Homeland Security. Dan shows it to General Gordon and says, "This is great. Let's go over and see Brent Scowcroft." We all jump in the limousine. Off we go to see Brent Arnie Cantor. And the folks over there, and Brent looks at it and says, this is a great idea. Dan Aykroyd coming up with a brilliant idea about Homeland Security. Well, you know what? Does anybody know James Woods, the actor? Do you know that James Woods graduated from MIT with, an, with, a, with a minor in international relations? He should be Secretary of State. He kicks butt. So he stopped short of saying that uh, James Woods is also a spook. So I, 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 I call upon the No Agenda audience. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Just because I believe... Uh, this caught me a little bit uh, flat-footed, I guess, the way it did you. It, this has got to be the clip of the day. Oh, well, I, I wasn't even I'm, – I'm so outraged by it, I wasn't even thinking of, of awards for myself. <laughs> well, give yourself one. <laughs> I, but I will take it, absolutely. Clip of the day. So I, I, I say now, if you are in possession of a VHS tape of Ghostbusters or of the Blues Brothers – a DVD, break it, burn it, burn it now! I say, this man is is a traitor. You sound just like Jerry Seinfeld. With Thank this you. I'm I'm yours. doing pretty good. Yeah, the guy is a traitor. Spies like us. Yeah, that was one of his movies. Sure. Uh huh. So uh, makes total sense now. You so, you you. So in, wait, in, well, hold on a second. We have documented for the four years we've been doing, five years we've been doing the show. The Hollywood spy contingent, which seems to be a crap load of guys. Uh huh. I mean, you know, Clooney and the rest of them are always in Pritt, and Clooney, Damon, Affleck, Affleck yeah, Angelina Jolie. Right. Dan Aykroyd, that hurts. He's not even pretty. <laughs> so it's, why is this a shock to you? Dan Aykroyd. Come on. I mean, Dan Aykroyd. 
I mean, Skunk Baxter, okay, you know, you know, guys with mustaches like that, you know they're hiding something. You know, this guy's got a big droopy mustache. But Dan Aykroyd, nah. And that, that he's just sitting at home like, you know, he, I was like, here's, no, he, I here's the choices Dan Aykroyd has. I can uh, do another movie. I can uh, license some more Ghostbuster stuff. I can have, oh, I can call some hookers. Uh, I know. Let's raise some money for the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, come on. This is more. Maybe he likes to get patted down. This is hurtful. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. As uh, our new policy, we'll be giving uh, kudos to everyone who's donated money and then a shot of karma at the end of the whole thing. Uh, George Smithwick in Rockville, Maryland is at the top of the list with $100. Hey, Rockville, I used to live uh, when I was a kid. Yeah. Right near Rockville. (laughs) Yeah, you bet I did. (laughs) (laughs) Rockville, Maryland. Mm -hmm. $100, KAB3VOT73. And the morning to you. Stephen Hawkins in Wakefield, uh, West Yorkshire. Really? A hundred bucks. Daryl Howes in Portland, Maine, hundred. A lot of hunters today. Uh, Christopher Rivera, Superior, Colorado, a hundred. James Allen Laudeberg in Rystead. By the way, we do read all the notes personally, and uh, we just don't read them on the air anymore. James Allen Laudeberg, Laudeberg in Rystead, uh, Norway, hundred. Janie Cochran in Wichita, Kansas, ninety nine, ninety nine. You can play the ninety nine, ninety nine thing. And um, I think do we we know her? Um, I think it's uh, her husband who donates normally towards the show. Matt. Matt. Yeah, let me do the nine or nine or nine or nine or. Um, very appreciate. It's cool, you know, when when women. Helping when, him get his knighthood. Yeah, when women do that for their man, that's that is real love. That is really. You know, I got a note from somebody. You know, it says, "Well, you know, I can't give you any money. My wife finds out. She hates you guys." Yeah, I saw that. It's time for a new wife, my friend. I taste Zeskeli. Zeskeli. Ah, this is bad. I would say Itai Zeskeli. Itai Zeskeli. I'm doing my Israeli accent. Itai Zeskeli. Nine 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 nine. Uh. Morgan Blake, Matlock, Derbyshire, Derbyshire, in the UK, I would assume. Um, started listening when I was on Buzz Out Loud, apparently. I started listening after hearing Adam on Buzz Out Loud at 69 cents per show, equating to a just getting by of 97.98. Oh, very cool. Would appreciate a de-douching. Oh, well, I'll give him that one then. <laughs> You've been deduced. Christoph Burkhardt in La Jolla, California, 7781, loves the show. I just realized we outlived Buzz Out Loud. Uh, <laughs> whatever, yeah, Buzz Out Loud's done. Kyle, I think, now yeah. Kyle Nicolo in Leesburg, Virginia, 7733. Uh, he says it's the best value for value, four bucks a week, five dollar a month donor for some three years now, in dire need of some karma. And we'll give him some since he donates every which way. You've got karma. Anonymous in Brooklyn, New York, seventy one seventy nine, Kyle Ferenz in Toronto, Ontario, and here we are in a segment. Sixty nine sixty nine. Sixty nine sixty nine, dude. Thomas Swales. Also in Toronto, and they're in the spreadsheet next to each other, which is cute. 
Toronto, uh, 69.69. And uh, these are all 69.69s. Andrew, Sir Andrew Gardner in Mechanicsville, Maryland. Uh, Brian Pryor, San Diego, California. Gordon Walton in, Sir Gordon in Austin, right up the street from you. Mm. Have you ever seen him? Have you ever seen him? Anymore? Yes. Uh, not only that, um, I need, he needs some, uh, he, job karma. He uh, he's actually he's the golden knight. He's he's given us all kinds of uh, gold doubloons and coins. Oh, and uh, he, when we moved to Austin, he was the first one to take Ms. Mickey. And I, actually, he took us to our first barbecue, and nice. uh, and he came to my uh, talk at. Uh, oh, he was one of the three people there. Do you know that we got a a, a big mention? Uh, Dame Francine wrote a beautiful piece about um, South by Southwest for Fast Company. And we and my speech is heralded as one of the highlights. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. good to be connected like that. <laughs> She's awesome. We're uh, dangerous, you know. And um, and remember, she was bitching and moaning about us not doing any marketing. I would like to just as I remember this, I'd like to call out noagendacd.com. They have done something fantastic. They have broken down. Uh, I think it must be forty different snippets. That you can either combine, mix and match, and send to people, but they're just MP3s if you want, and it's like two minute bites of really short stuff, and you know, and it's just a concise topic. T take a look at noagendacd.com if you're trying to hit someone in the mouth and tell them, hey, this is just a little piece of the show. Yeah, there's some other stuff on it, but this is the kind of stuff they do. You want to check that out, and that was uh, Dame Francine was really uh, uh, was really talking about that. So anyway, so uh, Gordon. Uh, Sir Gordon Walton, uh, I do want to uh, give him some job karma because I know he needs it. You've got karma. And we take care of our knights here on the show. Raleigh Rakama in Helsinki. Eric Wells in Georgia. Tom Simon, Sir Todd Simons in Brisbane. Uh, and he's going to get a fourth knighthood to his son. That's right. Um, uh, Brian Williams in Streamwood, Illinois. He, oh, by back to Todd, Sir Todd, since he is a knight, he wants some karma for the his birth due on the seventeenth. His what? His first child of Dame. He will be the first. Oh, the son is not even born yet, and already a knight. He's the only pre <laughs> pre born. It's a pre knight. a preemie knight. So he actually gets <laughs> born as a knight. Wow! Talk about real royalty. You've got yeah, karma. Actually, that's true. That's pretty. That's that's, that's great. Brian Williams. Uh, but the one in Illinois, I believe, is not the same one we're thinking of. No. Uh, Uncle Thor, and which is supposed to be great. If this if Brian, if you go to like New York, make reservations. A lot of places. I yeah, Brian Williams. Just <laughs> Brian Williams. Your voice a little bit. Just talk a little bit. Just look like a dick. Uh, Uncle Thor in Manly, New South Wales, sixty nine, sixty nine. Werner Teeling in where do you think he's from? I know. Looks like he's from I, Holland. Well. So it'd be Thielen. Here, let me just read. Good. Let me just read what he's saying here because he has. Uh, oh, he's a, really like a kind of a downer, a downer note. He's from the lowlands. Um, hey, let me. I'm gonna. He wants. He needs a little karma. He didn't want. Got karma. Didn't want us to read this on the air. But he put some stuff there in in Dutch. And uh, so, uh, he needs a little. Says now every day has its bohica moments. Yes, which which stands for bend over. Here it comes again. Hey now, for the uh, double nickels on the dime, I'd like to uh, 
call out Sergeant Fred, who delivered uh, hand delivered double nickels on the dime dime uh, here in Austin, along with the uh, beautiful uh, challenge coin and and John. He would not. I I, I kept saying to him, Fred, I can't accept this, and I have him for you. Hold on. I'm going to post a picture. He gave me three bumper stickers. Now, you know, Sergeant Fred was a a paratrooper in Vietnam. Okay. And I'm holding in my hand three bumpers, actually two bumper stickers and one urinal sticker. Uh, The bumper sticker is, uh, one is, I'm not Fonda's Hanoi Jane. The other one, I will forgive Jane Fonda when the Jews forgive Hitler. And then there's an actual uh, urinal sticker that says Hanoi Jane's urinal sticker, which the uh, you know the enlisted men at the time were putting in the urinal so they could pee on her. That's and funny. these are actual collector's items from uh, from Sergeant Fred. Huh. And, uh, and 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 I'm like, dude, you've had these for how long? Well, you know, since Vietnam. <laughs> like, I can't take these from you. You would not. He said, No, I've, I got doubles. So yeah, he, he would, probably just said that. Yeah. It's probably his wife. Get rid of this stuff. No, no, no. Sergeant Fred uh, does not have a significant other, I don't believe. No, well, takes, okay. Takes good care of his mom up there in uh, Dallas, I think. Or Houston. James Mon in Delaware, double nickels on the dime. Stephen Schnabel in Rosshire, something. Scotland. He's in Scotland. Boy. Scotland. Rob Warren, uh, Sunderland, uh, UK. Uh, Peter Van de Castile in Ghent. Peter van de Castela. That's exactly what I said. He's of the castle. Value for value, $54.20. Then we have Anonymous in Rowlett, Texas. Kevin Payne in Chantilly, Virginia. Nick Barnes, uh, Ohio. PL of Mesa, Arizona. Intercan.net. Inc. in Manhattan, Kansas. Brett Farrell, 50 bucks in Brian Watson uh, in Raleigh. Brendan Savoy in Port Orchard, Washington. Sir Mike Westerfeld, uh, Westerfield. Ed Hager in Bainbridge Island. Uh, Stu Coates in Hold on, Essex. hold on, hold on. What? Bainbridge? Okay, no. Bainbridge. Bainbridge, yep. If you get out the ferry heading to the peninsula, you, have to, you go through Bainbridge usually. Uh, Stu Coates in Essex. Uh, Johans, I don't know. It's a bunch of dollar signs and uh, Turku? Why, why can't Rory. Why can't PayPal figure this out? This sucks. I don't know. It's very annoying. Yeah. Turku. Uh, John in Illinois and Mark Milliman uh, in Longmont, Colorado, and Dan Scalise in Connecticut, John Critchley in Forch, Jerry Zach in Electra. Ooh, I love the name of that town. Electra, Texas. Christopher Riviera in Superior, Colorado. And finally, Thomas Imbrex and Dan Greb uh, in Pennsylvania. Imbrex is in, I don't know where he is. This Where's Namur? I have no idea. Belgium. Oh, Namur, Belgium? Yeah. Hmm. Where is Namur in Belgium? I don't know. Namur, Belgium. I mean, I know, I know quite a bit about Belgium. Well, you apparently uh, don't know that much. No, let's see. It's... Oh, okay. It's right by the Ardennes, so it's uh, it's it technically it's kind of interesting. It falls in both of uh, Baron Pelsmacher's uh, protectorates. 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's in France and in Belgium. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. He should he should set up his, his HQ there. Yeah, it's a good spot. <laughs> it sounds nice. No one's ever heard of it. It's and perfect. Yeah, it's got a nice, they got a little river and stuff. Oh, anyway, that's our associate, uh, or I'm sorry, our uh, uh, contributors to show uh, producers, producers, four nine five. And what yeah. we really like seeing, and I again have received so many notes from people uh, saying that they've gone on a subscription program, and that's really the least you know that's all we ask for really is just contribute regularly to the show yeah but we also ask that you check it once yeah. in a while because yeah. these somebody again i got a note from PayPal. oh you've you've canceled this guy's subscription i sent him a note i never heard back but uh we didn't we don't do that why would we do that it makes no sense yeah but that's the note that you receive is that no agenda has canceled your subscription well no we don't do that and and by the way you also receive no note and your subscriptions canceled yeah and uh, i think a lot of people just you know forgot don't look anymore um but it's so nice to see everyone basically stepping up and saying yeah i i know i can find five dollars a month other so people other people find more value in it and, and have more value to present. But it, either way, we're just happy that you're contributing. And, and a lot of people send checks to yes, their bank, which yes, is a really also cool a good way, way to worry do about it. that getting canceled. Wanna, uh, let's give everyone a uh, uh, LGY karma and uh, get back to the show. Um, I would like to do an LGY, but I think also, uh, let me see. Where? I think we should also do a living the mac and cheese life, just to top it off. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and cheese. Yay! You've got karma. All righty, and as always, Dvorak.org slash N-A. Ah, ow. <laughs> it hurts. It's your birthday, birthday. Slip of the finger. Oh, no. Say a happy birthday uh, to well, Kirk Ann says happy birthday, Mom. You would have turned 69 today, and so this is for her a memoriam. Happy birthday, Mom, from Kirk Ann. Sir Andrew Gardner, ha- happy birthday to his brother Elliot Gardner, also celebrating today. And No Agenda Racing Team, NoAgendaRacing.com, and Sir Todd Simons says happy birthday to his soon-to-be-born child, due on the 17th. Who I believe we're going tonight in just moments from now. It's amazing. So, what do you do uh, for a, a fetus night? Well, just he's just a night. I mean, there's nothing. No, but special. no, but, no, but we can't give him hookers and blow. Ah, uh, 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 breast milk. Breast milk and breast milk and pablum. <laughs> pablum. What yeah. is what is pablum? You don't know, look it up. No, just tell thing. me. Just tell me what it's it is. Food. Pablum. pablum. Yeah, it's a very it's a good gag. It sounds good. Breast must milk and milk and pablum. Did you know um I heard that in Gitmo Nation Lowlands, this is this is how greedy the people have become. This is the, the society is falling apart. Um there is a shortage of baby milk. Not in the mother's breast, but just in stores. Why? Because in China, they had another one of those scares about the quality of the baby milk, you know, like they poison it and stuff like that. Right. And the Dutch uh, producers of baby milk just turned around and went, oh, okay, we're going to sell it all to China at top dollar, literally leaving their own people milkless. 
Really? Yeah. Because they have no shame. They don't care. They literally do not care. It's like, oh, well, we can sell it to the Chinese. Screw it. I also found out, by the way, that the, 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 in Rotterdam, there is the Chinese are taking over. It's like Africa there. They have, cool. Yeah. There's just tons of Chinese. The number one course in at university now being taught is Mandarin. Um because because the, the Chinese and the, and everyone's freaking out because the Chinese are hedging, they they may decide to leave Rotterdam. You know what that's all about. You know the Chinese just all their oil and gas. <clears throat> they may decide to leave Rotterdam and go to uh, the German ports. And if they, if the Chinese leave, <clears throat> dude, then the Netherlands might as well just close shop. If the port if the port isn't working, that's all they got left is the port of Rotterdam. Anyway, I digress. So let me. So you know, that's your problem. Ha! Go talk to your government. I'm going to meet the prime minister. By the way, when ninth of May, which will be the ninth of May, will be official Dutch Day in Texas to be celebrated in Austin. And I uh, am on the you guest list. I am on the guest list. And how'd, that, I, how'd you work that deal? Okay, well, you want to know? Yeah, that's so what I asked. Okay, so it's South by Southwest. And, um, uh, you know, what happens is you have the NBSO, the new business service office of the Dutch embassy. See, you, know, you wonder what ambassadors do. They go to party at South by and then they That's set all up. You do when you're yeah, an ambassador. exactly. You party all the time. Yes. And then they set up a, a Holland house, which literally consisted of hookers dancing in uh, milkmaid outfits. Pretty awesome. Um, to, uh, to techno beat and just free booze the whole time. And uh, these, was that South by Southwest? Yeah, and because you know uh, these guys, I had called them when Miss Mickey got deported, and they had definitely helped out somewhat on the Dutch side, what they could do. But you know, they, it it expedited, uh, it speeded, sped, sped up some of the process. So I said, hey, you know, I owe you expedited. guys expedited, expedited. So I had said, of course, I owe you guys one, and of course, they came to collect. It's like, oh, you got to come out and party with us to Holland House, <laughs> and literally, they're walking by German House. And uh, I'm not going to say what his function was or who he was, but the guy was calling out Krauts. You know, I was like, and like, I want my bike back. He was like yelling at the German house. It was. <laughs> Did he use the I'm, bike? I'm joke? telling you, man, it was weird. I'm like, wow, okay. I'm like, okay. He, cause, That's funny because every time I've used that bike joke, I always have some Dutch guys say, "We don't care anymore." <laughs> well, I think there was some alcohol involved. So anyway, well, by um, the way, explain to newer listeners or listeners if you haven't, because I think we referred to the bike thing some years back. What the bike joke's all about? Oh well, um, the Germans came in. Uh, the, the, the Netherlands capitulated within, I think, seventy-two hours when the Germans uh, came Attack. in, took over, took over Europe. And they, by the way, they obliterated Rotterdam, just completely flattened it. And um, and you know, there's a lot of there was a lot of bad blood between the Dutch and the Germans, and the Germans like took everything. The art, you know, they, they took our Jews. They took they took everything, including bikes. And so, nah, not they confiscated any, all the bicycles. Yeah, so not anymore, really. But when I was growing up, certainly 10, 20 years ago, if you saw a German, you say, "Hey, yeah, you know, I want my bike back." And it was kind of like a cute joke, but not, you know, the Germans oh, didn't. My bike. So not very funny. But you know, so anyone of my age still thinks that's hilarious, of course. But he was actually calling the Mofa, which is, you know, that's like kraut. Like dumb, you know, the Moffa were, that was the Mofa? Dutch word for the Moffen, M-O-F-F-E-N. That was the Dutch word for Nazis, uh, the Moffa. Hey, Moffa! And I was like, what? Oh, dude. It's like Mofo. 
It's kind of. So anyway, so um, you know, right now that there's actually contemplation of opening uh, a consulate here in Austin and a whole bunch. So, and so I'm in the middle of these douchebag elites. You know, there's actually there's one guy who's really really sweet and we like him. He's helped us, but you know, these you know what these people are like. They're partying on the, on the Queen's dime. And so there's going to be this Holland Day because the Netherlands apparently um, supplies 100,000 jobs to Texas and God knows how many billions of, of euros. But when I heard that Rick Perry and the prime minister of the Netherlands were both going to be at this celebration, I'm like, I have to be there. And then one of these guys, I swear to God, John, turns to me and he says, you know, Perry's a crossdresser, right? I'm like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so now there's this email through No agenda show, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to find out these tidbits. <laughs> so just a little tidbit. And so, and so now there's this email threat. There's like, Adam wants to dance with Rick Perry, which is all oh, about the invites. What? Yeah, you should. I'm <laughs> totally. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my high heels, baby. <laughs> And if you know anything about the new prime minister or the the prime the prime minister again of the Netherlands, um, you know there's enough rumors about him. Uh, he also was not married, and you know I don't think we know of any significant other. So the whole thing is just it's a big gay fest in Austin, and I'm there reporting on the scene for you, everybody. Wow! Someone has to take one. Now for the I'm team. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you think of that? Show me what you got, big boy. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, Greg Feiler. Sir Greg Feiler, please step forward. And uh, Sir Todd Simons, please step forward uh, to receive the knighthood for your uh, forthcoming knight, who, uh, of course, is a a, a fetus currently. (laughs) Very proud. I don't know what to call him, but we'll just call him, uh, well, we'll say welcome... Sir Simons Jr. and Sir Greg Feiler of the tribes, both of you knights of the Noah Jenner Roundtable. Of course, we got the Hookers and Blow, Rent Boys and Chardonnay, Hot Pants and Booze, Wenches and Beer, Rubenes, Women and Rose, Geishas and Sake, Vodka and Vanilla, Bong Hits and Bourbon, Sparkling Cider and Escorts, Mutton and Meat, and Breast Milk and Pablum. And you will enjoy that. And I'll hold on to your hookers for you, son. When you're a little bit older, you come see Uncle Adam and we'll take care of you. As I was looking up uh, the the uh, child's name, you did give Greg a second or his name. Yes, right? I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. Uh, I don't think he has a name yet. No. No. Well. Um, so um, we are uh, going with new levels for existing nights, uh, John. And do we have an ETA on that? No. Okay. Good work. And you. Uh, but you can continue to support this program, and I'm pretty sure that. Of course, it's... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, I, I do have an ETA next Thursday. Oh, okay. Right on. That'll give me the week to work on the... Uh, good, on the, good work, on the good work, page. good work. I'm pretty sure that there is no other radio pronounsticator, podcast, program, or any type of media where you would have heard the Rick Perry unsubstantiated rumor, uh, mainly because uh, that program would be off the air. Right. Immediately, because it, even though it's a rumor, although you never really said it's a fact. No, I said, said this. the guy turned to you and told you this. Yes, which is the kind of thing we can do on the show because we're supported by our listeners. Fact. 
you cannot do that sort of thing on a show that's sponsored. You can, and I could just hear the guys because I, I, by the way, can be a manager. I can. You can't say something like that on this show. We have sponsors. Many of them are located in Texas, and this is an insult to all Texans that you would even suggest such a thing without unsubstantiated. You're fired. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Yay. Am I right? Yes. And I think I've heard that speech. <laughs> Just insert different town for Texas. You can't do that in The Hague. Oh, well, you had the place burned the place down. That's different. <laughs> yeah. That's, very, that's so different. That's so different. Prediction for the Red Book. All right, I'm in. President Obama is going to visit Israel. I think this is his first visit. And uh, I am predicting a hostage situation at the Temple Mount with explosions. I don't think so. Okay. But it's, do I get my own page in the the book or just because you don't think so? You don't get a page. I write it down and then I highlight it with either a yellow or the pink. With a marker, with a marker, right. Well, okay, you may you may not like my predictions, but did you hear Jean-Claude Juncker's product prediction? No, I do I put it in the red book? Well, let's listen here it is. Uh he it's not in English, so I, the audio that we have of it so I shall translate. Jean-Claude Juncker, uh, Prime Minister of Luxembourg and President of the Eurogroup, um made a statement at a reception uh, for the Luxembourg press. Now, uh, I'll tell you what's interesting about the statement in a moment. Uh, I'm going to translate as widely reported now um, his statement. The prime minister warns that the years 2013 could become the same year before the war like 1913, where all people believed in peace until the war started. All right. Well, that would fit in with my uh, cycle theory. The question is, he said this in January, but it only came out now. And it was, I mean, you will not find this in a, or very difficult to find it in like, you know, the New York Times. But it was all over the uh, the European press all of a sudden, just like broke, just like, whoa. And everyone's like, well, what does he know that we don't know? And I'm thinking he's a new listener. <laughs> thinking he finally caught up he heard about the cycle theory and the war and and i'm i mean it hasn't happened so we can't cross it off in the red book but it is nice to have someone um join in with your theory john that looks like there's a a war coming there's a war afoot (laughs) there is a war afoot so good work i guess i guess i don't know i haven't done anything really Mm hmm it's a long yeah, you prediction. Have. It's way out there. We have to get the economy's got to go through some tribulations first, and and then then the, we have. I do have a couple of clips I want to play just to get because I promised one clip in the newsletter, okay. which is the clip where Kaiser so say. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Max Kaiser. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. I got two Max Kaiser clips. Now you can play them both. One of them is ludicrous. Which, uh, which is the Bitcoin. Bitcoin does have collateral. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Bitcoin has collateral? Yes, Bitcoin has collateral. Here, play Kaiser clip 
Bitcoin collateral. Now, Ma- Max Kaiser is the uh, the oracle of uh, finance, the guy who... On RT. On RT, who uh, uh, made his money initially by selling the Hollywood Stock Exchange. Correct? Yeah, basically. I, mean, I don't know what he made for, but he was a, he was a trader. And uh, we have kind of had our eye on him. Um, you know, he's one of these guys that is... Uh, telling you to buy gold and silver while he is actually representing a company selling gold and silver. Yeah, and he's also he claims to have made a million dollars so far on Bitcoin. What? Is that in this clip? I don't know if it's in this clip or not, but, right, but he does say that on the, on, in his interview. Let's listen. The Paul's been saying that for years. You know, we got to get rid of the Fed, got to get rid of the Fed. And there hasn't been any traction or any movement whatsoever. And hackers understand that privacy is a big issue going forward. You know, the privacy is something that is at the heart of what Kim.com in New Zealand is talking about with Mega. You know, Mega has now got over 50 million users. It's becoming a billion-dollar company. He calls himself a privacy company. Everything is encrypted, just like Bitcoin is entirely encrypted. Privacy is the new scarcest resource in the world today, and that's what backs Bitcoin, <laughs> is privacy. It guarantees privacy. And in this day and age, that's a very scarce commodity with every single one of our emails being spied on, with millions of CCTV cameras installed everywhere we go. Privacy is one of the rarest commodities in the world. That's what collateralizes essentially Bitcoin, and that's why it's such a valuable currency. And so the activist. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I have a different clip from Max Kaiser on RT. And it's much better quality because it's uh, it's him, I think, uh, on a video link. RT, by the way, is propaganda from the Russians, mainly uh, intent to bring down uh, our society. <laughs> right. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, this was, by the way, this was taken from the Alex Jones show. He did interview him. That's why. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people. I, I didn't see a lot of people uh, said he was on and was like crazy. And uh, well, but when I heard this. I'm like, why? Max Kaiser has an agenda in this case, and I don't think it's in your uh, for your benefit. Just listen to. So you think that was bullshit? What he just said. Listen to this. Well, efficient is a good word. Uh, first of all, it's up 200 percent this year. So the Dow Jones is hitting an all-time new low against Bitcoin. Okay. So, <laughs> so and apparently now <laughs> Bitcoin is trading against the Dow Jones. Uh, this is a currency that people are starting to gravitate to as a store of value. Huh? A store of value? No. I, you can call it a lot of things, but it's definitely not. A, I mean, what is the definition of a store of value, John? I have no idea. It's like something he dreamed up. No, I've heard this. This Unless is he a, means like a store, like someplace where things are put and then va- and value. It's like containing value. Let me see. But store of uh, 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 oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is, is it a real? Is it a real phrase? Hold on. Let's consult the book. Store of value. Here we go. A recognized form of exchange can be a form of money or currency, a commodity. To act as a store of value, these forms must be able to be saved and retrieved at a later time and be predictably useful when retrieved. Yeah, gold, yeah. Silver, yeah. Bitcoin, not so sure. I'm not even sure the dollar is a store of value. Uh, Realizing that the other currencies out there, like the dollar, the yen, and the euro, are just fiat currencies run by central banks who have the ability to print trillions and trillions in an attempt to debase their currency in what's called the currency war. Whereas with Bitcoin, there is a limited supply. It is a storehouse of value. It oh, is Now it's a storehouse of value. 
Storehouse is cryptologically protected, so it gives users the benefit of making anonymous transactions. <laughs> Sorry, that's not true, Max. It does it does not the crypto does not give you any benefit of anon, uh, no, uh, anonymity. No, it tracks everything you do. Yes, and so yes, it is. Bookers and all the rest of them. You do, do if you're buying whores for Bitcoin, you're going to be <laughs> to, uh, you're going to have a knock on the door. Uh, hold on. Is, are there whores for Bitcoin yet? Yeah, I send you a link. Okay. Transactions. And yes, it is very efficient. You can send money anywhere in the world for a fraction of 1%, uh, which is a lot cheaper than anyone else offers. So it's going to challenge the business. I love the uh, – there was another one that popped up today. Buy – I don't understand why people uh, do this. It says you can now buy anything you want on Amazon or any other web store through an intermediary – and they'll only charge you 4%. So if you use Bitcoin, it costs you 4% more. What? Yeah. I At least when you use a credit card on Amazon, <laughs> the 4% gets charged to Amazon, yeah. not the, the buyer. Models of the big banks, the so-called too-big-to-fail banks. And let me add something else, Abby, is that this rise in Bitcoin shows you the real effects of the money printing that's going on. Oh, uh, okay. So... When it dropped right after our show on Thursday, by the way, when it dropped almost 25%, was that uh, because uh, of the, the the printing press stopped printing, momentarily? Exactly. Somebody actually, I heard this, uh, so maybe a rumor may not be true, but somebody accidentally hit the stop button <laughs> on the giant printing presses. And, 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 oh, no, it stopped. Bitcoin tumbles because the printing press stopped. At the Federal Reserve Bank. You know, Ben Bernanke, in his testimony before Congress, will say, well, we don't see any inflation, even though his CPI number <laughs> that they use to gauge inflation. It right, so he's just he's totally talking towards libertarian people and he's selling something and yeah, uh, he's selling bitcoin did, some did you, way, shape or form i think he i think he has one of the exchanges i think he has an exchange because when he was and he still tells people buy silver you could actually buy a silver ounce coin with his head on it right so he's he's telling you to buy it but he's selling it yeah, if somebody's telling you to buy it and they're selling it, that's pretty sketchy. I do have the promised million-dollar clip. Oh, I have it too. Do, do we have different clips or is this the same no. one? No, I don't know if it's I, – I doubt it, because, but play mine, then play yours. Which is yours? Which is yours? It says million-dollar clip. Million-dollar – I don't have million-dollar clip. Yeah, you promised million-dollar Oh, promised. Okay, that says promised million-dollar. Bitcoin is not owned yet by nearly anywhere near the penetration it could it could get to, Alex. Let me explain the potential for Bitcoin. It could conceivably capture 1% to 10% of the global Forex transactions. That would mean an implied price for Bitcoin moving from 46 to 100000 potentially a million dollars per Bitcoin. <laughs> There's only going to be $21 million ever created in existence, and that'll be it. They've already had $10 million created. 25 new Bitcoins are created every 20, every 10 minutes, and that's the rate at which these are entering the economy. The Federal Reserve System hates it. They would love to kill it. They're attacking it in any way they can, but they will fail. Here's my million-dollar uh, promise. And it has room to become one, two, five, ten percent huh? of the global Forex market. So that Bitcoin price, which last year was at four dollars, which is currently trading almost at $50. If it captures 10% of the global market, you could see Bitcoins trading for $100,000 a Bitcoin, a million dollars a Bitcoin. Let That's me ask the potential. You this, Let me ask
It's the exact same <laughs> thing. The guy's got his script. He's got his pitch down, doesn't he? So um, now uh, I will say this. You know, I use uh, BitPay. A couple of our producers, I guess, run BitPay. <clears throat> and uh, so I've been selling, obviously, to get to, you know, like 10 a day. You know, I'm just taking it easy. And <clears throat> and I sold 10. And then, you know, the next day they had that drop. And it was, you know, I saw it. I think I, I uh, I'm sorry, exchanged it for 47. And then it was 43. And, and then I, it didn't show up in the bank. I'm like, ah. Oh. Okay, here we go. But it did show up the next day, so it was delay, which is none of this is very pleasing. And they did do it for the 47, so they they got screwed on the deal, you know. So, I mean, this is a very, very dangerous sport. But now that Max Kaiser uh, has said that this will go to a million dollars, I, I still have about 100 Bitcoin. Of course, the uh, when I originally received so these Bitcoin... the show have a few of these in the part of the show? Yes, yeah. Oh, John. Don't worry, you're totally. You're to, you got. You're good for two million. I think you should keep two. You got. You're good for two million. You should keep. You should. <laughs> you should keep one coin each. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep a hundred million. Are you kidding me? I want. I'm, I want to have a hundred million dollars. No. Yes. Yes. These things. I want a hundred million. I'm. I'm believing Max. He's. He told me twice now. Yeah, with the exact same phraseology, he's going to be out of this thing as soon as he can, and let the let the let the rube. And the other thing is, by the way, I've been reading some legal briefs on this. This is about this whole thing's about ten minutes away of getting, especially with Kaiser out there. But, you know, he's making these kinds of things you couldn't do with this if it was a security because it's against the law. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why and, it's so beautiful. Because yeah, it's a scam. I mean, the whole thing is just obviously a scam, or you wouldn't have guys saying stuff like this, making promises mm -hmm. that it's going to be worth a million dollars a coin. <laughs> Come off it! <laughs> but it's Max Kaiser. It's like now, now it's become funny. I mean, you know, if Max Kaiser were to approach it. You know, I like it when he, you know, we've already discussed it. He's screaming too much, and now he moved from Paris to London. So I think he's been co-opted. He's he's back in the game, and he's. I, I'm pretty sure that I, I agree. He's he's got to be running an exchange, or he will be. No, I think he is already because he's already had this. He knows the business. He did yeah. that Hollywood exchange. Yeah, and he probably had some things to do with some of these other ones that have been shut down. Yeah. Uh, and so he knows how to do it. He probably already has the software. He probably puts one of one of the one you went through. Maybe his, for all you know. Oh, that's very possible. Very possible. Yeah. So just the whole thing is like, oh, got to provide some liquidity in the early parts of such a scheme. Yeah, but you know, but he he's so good at explaining things, and then when he just goes off on this, I mean, and, and you know, he also promised silver would go to sixty. Well, she probably will in the. Next couple hundred years, right? But he his whole thing was you know uh, squeeze J.P. Morgan or whoever you know well, whatever. Yeah, no, he uses all the memes of let's screw the banks, they're screwing us, and we have we need our freedom and all the rest of the you know the libertarian uh, essentially the libertarian litany, and he uses it. He leverages that to make somehow this thing. To be Did you listen to the Alex? Obviously, you you clipped it. What, what was Alex Jones's uh, reply take on all this? Well, interestingly enough, oh, well, I think the typical thing is this clip here, which is uh, uh, stay tuned for a commercial break. 
stay there as we take a break. This is the classic. To me, this is what all, the whole show is this, the Kaiser stay tuned clip. Months ago, I predicted that there would be a huge crash. Stay there. we got to go to break. <laughs> so that that's the whole show. But uh, <laughs> What's the, here? we got to take a break. <laughs> Alex Jones's take was that Max Kaiser m- may have invented Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. And he's, and he's trying to talk him into admitting it. And then, uh-huh. and he was kind of rolling his eyes a lot. He didn't uh-huh. really buy into it at all. So okay. I, I kind of gave him credit for that. Oh, okay. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Well, Alex Jones can't. Alex Jones sells gold, and he's. he's, He doesn't want to get this going. Yeah, and 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 if you listen to his commercials, one of them is like, "What are the things you need most? Is storable food and seeds more? You need more than than guns and gold. You need storable food and seeds. That's what happened when the revolution." What? Purification system too. (laughs) Berkey. I have a Berkey though. I mean, I I buy all his products. I can't. I can't help it. Huh. I'm down with it. I mean, I have seeds. You have some seeds. <laughs> I have seeds. I have a. I have a one acre crisis garden. I do. Under normal conditions of normal storage in your kitchen, seeds are only good for about four years. They start to fall off. I think half. Ho 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 ho. Uh uh-uh. uh. These, my friend, are uh, what do you call them? Fuck. Freeze dry. Heirloom. Heir- heirloom seeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck planting them in about five years. Heirloom seeds, I tell you. <laughs> Mickey has laughed at me so hard about that thing because it comes it comes in a round PVC tube and it's, just, and it's filled filled with packets of seeds. And she's moved it three times now since we're in San Francisco. Every single time, she's like, "Really? <laughs> I should plant that." You think, you think you it'll should. still? It seems to be. Oh, my! What seeds, ladies and gentlemen? Go get burpees or find one of these <laughs> seed companies. There's a number of them. Out. They got seeds for everything. <sighs> Buy these bogus seeds from some man. <laughs> hey, I want to play something for you from uh, Joe O'Biden, and I want you to uh, just. I'm tr- I'm I'm hesitating whether I should tell you the payoff up front or I should bring it to you. No, nah, screw it. I'm not going to tell you. Right. Joe Biden, Joe O'Biden, uh, this is uh, about some countries we know about and we've heard some stuff about. And uh, we've always been wondering what's going on with Syria and what's going on with Pakistan and what's going on with Algeria. And, uh, the Syria and Algeria, these have been in the news recently, right? We have like some, we know Syria is like Assad is doing bad stuff and Algeria is like Al-Qaeda and I wonder what all this is about, and maybe Joe can enlighten us. I arise today to address a topic that uh, I think uh, is as important to the future of U.S. and world security interest as any that uh, I've spoken to, but we seem not to want to speak to it uh, very much over the last 10 years and clearly over the last two months. Mr. President, I rise today to address the topic of uh, Chinese weapons proliferation, a subject that I'm sorry to say we may be returning to again and again in the days and uh, and weeks ahead. If true, uh, recent press reports of Chinese involvement 
in the proliferation of medium-range ballistic missiles to Syria and Pakistan, and uh, nuclear weapons technology to Algeria. The year... What? The year of this was 1991. That is Senator Joe Biden with a 12-minute diatribe about Chinese putting weapons into Syria and Algeria and Pakistan. I got it, been clip of the day if you hadn't gotten it already. Isn't that amazing? And it, and it doesn't. It goes on and on. It's like the China. Here, just listen a little bit more. Wait, but he said nukes to Algeria. Yes, nukes. Unbelievable! This yeah. is the kind of crap we have to wade through on a day-to-day basis, knowing that in the future we'll be just look back on as crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the question is, is it really true? I mean, he makes, he's really, and he's, this of course is um, 91, uh, who was, was that, uh, that was, uh, who was in ni- 91? I think it was Clinton. You sure? I, no, I think it was uh, Bush Sr., wasn't it, 91? Well, see, no, Reagan was into 88, so then it was Bush, yeah. Bush yeah, Sr. So he's, so he's basically in the opposition, and he's bitching and moaning about how, uh, how uh, Bush is like, oh no, most favored nation status for the Chiners. Open a, a, a very new chapter in uh, the Chinese flaunting of uh, international norms of behavior, in my opinion. It appears that China is reportedly becoming a, uh, a rogue elephant among the... <laughs> a rogue elephant. elephant. <laughs> uh, anyway, you look at the whole thing in the show notes. It's crazy. Yeah. 1991. And he's talking about Assad, but it's about, his, about the old guy, Assad. Yeah, the old man. So what do you think? Do you think it's really about the Chiners? It's always about the Chiners. But in, in Syria, I thought it was about the Russians. It's confusing because the Russians have the port. But maybe yeah, it is. The, maybe. Russians, the Russians are the players in Syria. They, 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 you know, the Chinese may have – I don't think the Chinese had any involvement with that guy. They didn't need to because the original Assad, that old man, yeah. was the uh, number one gangster in the Middle East. He, yeah, he, did, he, he was behind a lot of bombings and terrorism yeah. and everything. And, yeah. and, he, it, and he would shut up if you gave him money. That was the whole deal because right. they didn't have any oil then and all the rest of it. Somehow the Russians cozied up to him or found the oil, uh, and the, you know the rest is history. But no, they, he wasn't doing shit like that to the Chinese, so they weren't ponying up anything. So they weren't in Syria okay. at all. Okay, it seems to me. I mean, I, Biden might be right. Maybe well, I'm, well, I'm, Algeria. I, well, Algeria nukes in Algeria. I'm thinking that could be right. It's, I don't think it's. No, there's not right. There's no way. <laughs> it's not right. That's just not, not right. right. That's not right. Oh, crap. Uh. Hey, I, got, I got a funny clip that would have been clip of the day. I thought mm. that that was uh, it was on Russia Today. You know, that cute little kind of Asian looking girl who's the uh, anchor. No, she's talking. Oh, well, she's talking along and the teleprompter blows out <laughs> and she tries to cover. Oh, no. And does smoke come out of her ears at a certain point? Uh, she finally recovers, but I I just have to blow it out. You can tell me if you can figure it, see the tell me if I'm not right about this analysis. The thousands upon thousands of human costs in this war, but the government, um, <clears throat> the, the government cuts uh, are take effect. Uh, well, with the d- debate right now, with the government cuts uh, sets take effect. <laughs> We've all had it happen to us. 
<laughs> We've all had it happen to stop moving or if it overshot. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it, it scrolled the other way. Yeah. I hate it when that happens. All right. Uh, time for a. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, <laughs> mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese. <laughs> It's gotten so bad, the Canadians are now on the mac and cheese tip, John. So for for the home cook then, how can they go about trying to incorporate it in a broader fashion and understand that it can be more than just um, a dressing, more than just a condiment? If uh, if you're doing, you know, a, a nice uh, mac and cheese with uh, with pieces of bacon, you know, put a, there's a little bit of maple syrup in the bacon. Ah, a little bit of maple syrup in your mac and cheese. Oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's not there's this I think it's coupons.com. So here we have two kids, two brothers. You got to see this video in the show notes. Two brothers, and by the way, they have a brand new MacBook Air. So you know, and they're sitting at the kitchen table talking about how to help mom save money. <laughs> Apparently, by not buying a MacBook Air. <laughs> that's what, that's what I was thinking, but. They're online surfing for coupons for mac and cheese. We're really trying to save our family money. But mom said our favorite brand of mac and cheese costs too much. Mac and cheese costs too much. So I did what any smart kid would do. I told mom to go to coupons.com. Coupons.com. It's so easy. You can print coupons at home for free and save money on your favorite brand. Mac and cheese. We just save money on mac and cheese. Even he can do it. More mac and cheese, guys? Yes, please. <laughs> I, I weep for the children of America. I weep for you. It's so bad that you're now being taught to look for coupons for mac and cheese. <laughs> it's not just that you're being served mac and cheese. And can I make an, I have to make a red, red book, but this came to me. This is so, such an obvious one. Such an obvious product that it will happen. In fact, I wish I could just take this and license it to the company. McDonald's Big Mac and Cheese. I mean, how obvious is that? It's cute. It's cute? Yeah, it's cute. Hmm. Can I license it to them? Or do the, well, they say, oh, we already thought of that. That's what they'll say. Living the mac and cheese life. Mac and they cheese. Would, yeah. They would say that, and then they'd say, I would like you to meet our attorneys. Yeah, our patent attorneys, because you know you're infringing on our patent. Um, I just want to wrap up with. Uh, I know you got some stuff, but we did have a couple of notes that came in. Some follow ups, always nice, and we have uh, follow ups from our uh, from our producers. Uh, uh, one now, you had turned the uh, the Buzzkill bunker antennae towards New York City. And uh, and there was all this it was unbelievable people having what they in the report called diarrhea, not not diarrhea but di- diarrhea diarrhea uh, around the bars in uh, New York. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> uh, this producer, um, uh, let's just say, has uh, access to the uh, closed circuit television systems in some of New York's uh, public transportation. Okay. And uh, in the state. And he says, uh, it's a daily thing to, to have people see peeing and pooping in the subway elevators, even on platforms in front of all the cameras. By the way, it seems that it's more often females who will do this than the males. So I'm like, oh, could you send me some more details on this? 
He, he actually said, I'm going to interview one of the janitors, <clears throat> which I have. Oh, but great, great, great. I have, the, I have the interview if you want. It's only 40 seconds. I heard stories from before I worked there, which were pretty crazy. One time, a woman with four kids was riding the elevator. When it got to the top, she sent her kids out to be her lookout and then pooped in the corner of the elevator right in front of her kids. Welcome to New York City, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The cop was watching this on camera, got on the PA, because <laughs> basically... No pooping. <laughs> <laughs> lady, what are you doing? And, and there's another one. And women are disgusting. I'm telling you, women... Hey, when you got to go, you got to go. Well, this is kind of what the janitor says, uh, but I will say this other. This is really not disgusting. A lot of public uh, restrooms in New York. Also true, because I asked. He said there's not. There really aren't public restrooms. He said, interestingly, people when there are public restrooms, his experiences, they don't even trust him. They won't even go in them. They're really afraid of the public restroom. Yeah, uh, but there is Especially a in, in a train station or someplace like that. But it, apparently, women are really the big. They're the poopers. Now I know that you know it's always it's always cute when women like ha 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 she's squatting to pee which I by the way do not find very cute at all but according to him his 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 unscientific research women are just disgusting they just pooping everywhere and they're, and, they're and all and, over the place and I'm not even going to read you verbatim what he's the stories about tampons it's just disgusting <laughs> no it's disgusting uh, while while they're walking they are changing their tampons this is uh, that's all I'm going to say you want to hear the janitor. Uh, I don't know if I do now. Yeah, hit it. Okay, so what are your theories regarding or regarding the increase in public defecation and urination in society today? Well, I think there's a lot more increase in urination due to uh, homeless people and people that have medical problems and no place to go right away and they have to go and they're going in the elevators and around the outside of buildings and uh, you know some people with the medical problems have to go fast and they can't find a place to go all right thank you all right <laughs> all right thank you yeah that sums it up <laughs> thank you for this really, dude that guy i'll tell you hard-hitting interview <laughs> and that ladies and gentlemen is the type of analysis you get <laughs> on the No Agenda Show. <laughs> no Agenda. We do have an anniversary. I want to play the clip. It's oh. the 10th anniversary of the Iraq War. Oh, hold on one second. 10th anniversary clip. This is great. We are approaching the 10-year anniversary of the Iraq War. These anniversaries often serve as a time of reflection. So we want to take a close look now at the cost of war. When the U.S. invaded Iraq in 2003, the Bush administration estimated the war to cost in the ballpark of 50 to $60 billion but they were way off. Between 2003 and 2011, the war cost more than $823 billion. But the real long-term costs are estimated to be as much as $3.7 trillion. Now, this is, of course, the financial cost. You can't put a price on the thousands upon thousands of human costs in this war. So, okay, this is Russia today, of course, you know, slamming us as usual. But the joke of this is the, is the funny part. We had this clip I would love if we could dig it up. It was the original estimated cost given before Congress by one of the generals who says it'll be two or three billion dollars at the most. Well, Do you remember that clip? It was from at least. Oh, it was a long. I mean, the clip was mm, 
an old clip that we dug up and probably played out one of the first clips we played on the show. <sighs> Somebody's got to, uh, we got to dig that clip up because it's, the mm-hmm. general just casually saying, oh, yeah, it's going to cost us two or three billion. We'll be in and out. It's going to be in and out. They're going to throw posies at us. That was But we weren't doing up. the show then. I mean, did we just have this clip? No, no. We, we played it at that a, point? Yeah, no, the clip was a dug-up clip from from the uh, early part of the Bush administration. Well, just give me a second. I mean, it's worth doing a quick... I don't know if you can find it. It was a, it was a general, and, it, and the, mm. the, the Russia Today people should have known about this, because that would be the one you want, not yeah. 30 to 50 billion. Well, seeing as they one, listen to our show, they should at least have gone through the show notes and tried to find it for us. Yeah, I think this is pre-show notes too. Oh, really? Yeah, then that's not going to work. Yeah, I don't oh, know if you're going to. That's find a problem. It. We'll work on getting that's that clip because that's the clip I want to pull out. It was a classic. So, um, and Sean- finally, no. well, I was just going to say no, I got go one more thing that's kind of interesting, yes, which is um, apparently PETA got all bent out of shape over the uh, recent movie where a computer-generated giraffe got decapitated. You know, you know, this happened. This was the same. This is the same thing when um, our friend Frank Karachi he did. Uh, it wasn't a huge success. The uh, the the zoo movie with the talking animals right. uh, with uh, Kevin James. When we went to the premiere, I still think that uh, that Frank Karachi uh, hired people to pretend to be protesting. But you know, it was all green screen, right? The ostrich that the, that he's riding it was all green screen animals. And they were protesting like giraffes. It was about. It's always about the giraffe for some reason. And the, I don't know what that's all about, but maybe it's code. Whatever the case is, this was an editorial played on on WPIX eleven about this, and it's as though the woman doing the editorializing is actually on the side of PETA over this relative. This most idiotic of concepts. So this is tonight's top tweet topic for you on a Friday. PETA has a problem with animal abuse of any kind, even if the animal isn't real. So should it be illegal to torture a fake giraffe or any animal for that matter? Is it even funny? Think about it. There are a lot of other simulated things that are banned. It's a slippery slope, or is it? Is PETA being overly sensitive? Tweet me. I'm a Tamsin Fidel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> And the funny is thing it, is, or is it is it is it is it good or bad or is it bad and good? The funny thing is that the giraffe has no natural enemies. Did you know this? Except except of course man, a hunter. Um, the giraffe can can slice you in two, and it can actually rotate its legs three hundred and sixty degrees, and just it literally will knock you in two pieces. The giraffe has no natural enemy, not the tiger, not the leopard, not none of that. They can, they can kick the crap out of anything. Well, they got a lot of leverage. <laughs> yeah. And you know how I found this out? Did I ever tell you that story? From the top half of a friend of yours? <laughs> I will give you an in the morning for that. In the morning. There was a giraffe named after me at the Amsterdam Zoo. They Adam named it, the giraffe. Adam the giraffe. Yes, sir. And so, you know, it was like a press thing. And I, and I was doing the radio show in Holland at the time. And they're like, you know, is that a press thing for the zoo? And like, we'll name it Adam and you know, come and take a look and take some pictures for them. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. And so, but there's Adam's mom. And I go right into the, because, you know, we're hanging out in the cages and everything. It's, it's outside of uh, zoo hours. Oh, and you were going to go pet the little guy? No, no. Dude, I'm in the cage, and I'm the, the, my producer's taking a picture of me, and I'm standing right underneath 
the the baby giraffe's mother, which of course is you know two stories high, like maybe a foot away from it from its uh, from its front legs, and I look and I and I see them, the producer taking the picture, and I see the zookeepers petrified. They're like walk very slowly towards us now. And I'm like, what? They said, you are about to die. <laughs> it's a giraffe. And then they told me the whole story. It's like, you do not get in with a giraffe. As cute as they are, they will kill you. So that must have been annoying. This is your producer trying to kill you. Yeah, so what else is new? The curry attempt on curry didn't work. I want to congratulate uh, Sean Penn uh, for stealing some money back. Uh, you know, I'm I'm always uh, I'm very in tune with Haiti ever since the celebrity scam that George Clooney set up and was still embar- is still to this day embarrassed about uh, all those billions of dollars that did not go to the people who have cholera and are dying and still living in tents. Um, so here's, I'm just going to tell you a little bit, this is from the Miami Herald, and I think this original story is from uh, December 13th, 2012, about the new luxury hotel in Haiti. And, uh, I think you call it Petionville, 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 I guess. And in it here, it says, um, uh, so this uh, new hotel was set up. Uh, 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 see, uh, the International Finance Corporation, in conjunction with the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund, which made a two million dollar equity investment in the hotel, uh. that, that of course aided in the creation of four hundred construction jobs on site. Now, uh, take the credit for that. Now, yeah. what was the problem? Is uh, and this is <laughs> this is from uh, this week. Uh, the uh, World Bank now had to pay. Uh, Sean Penn's uh, charity, $8.75 million in order to find alternative housing for the 14,000 people still living on the Pettyenville Hotel golf course. (laughs) So Sean Penn has basically, is like, hey, Penn, dude, listen, uh, we need you to get those people off the golf course. The guests are complaining. And they want to play golf. Yeah. So what's it going to take? Oh. What's it going to take, Penn? Uh, well, uh, I think about eight, nine million dollars would do it. Okay. We'll get someone to pay the eight, nine million dollars. Will you get these people off? Yeah. Okay. Uh, done. Deal's done. And then the guy goes, hey, by the way, how was Madonna in bed? And that's it. That's the whole conversation. It's disgusting. It's just disgusting. And so these people actually will get houses. Oh, good. Yeah. And so 14,000 people... He's there a lot, apparently, and he's very uh, irked about a lot of the... <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I think he's on the right side of this. I mean, he's like... Oh, no, I, I agree. It. I've seen a couple of specials with him, and he's hanging out in the worst part, you yeah. know, and he's bitching and moaning about the cholera and the fact that there was no... Where's all the money and the right. same stuff we're complaining about? No, I think... And, and power to him. You know, I, th- I think he's like, yeah, it's going to be $9 million for me to get these people off. Give it to me. And he's probably going to spend it all on them and get them houses, but... He knows it's just, you know, he's not going to come out and just say, hey, you know, this is a big scam that's going on. The, the hotel guests wanted to play golf <laughs> because that's not how it's positioned, you see, in the press release. They don't t- tell you about the, 
the the Clinton Bush Haiti fund that put two million dollar equity investment into the hotel. Yeah, yeah. That's... Anyway, I think that that should wrap it. I think that wraps it up for sure. Uh, we do want to remind you that we uh, do this program with great joy, bringing happiness and rainbows and unicorns to your life. And we do it twice a week, and we got a lot to talk about on Sunday. I'm sure I know because I, we didn't get to it today. So uh, we got some uh, good uh, pre-crime stuff, some elite news, more cyber wars, bullying back on the radar screen. So make sure you check in for that. And uh, in order to enable us to do all this work, we need your support. Go to dvorak.org/na. Grab yourself a subscription and help us out on a regular basis. Or just jump in and do what you can. What do you got for uh, for Sunday? I'm pretty much. Uh, I have nothing. I got nothing. Somehow, I expect, <laughs> I'm going to sit down as soon as the show's over. I'm going down to all day the rest of today and tomorrow and listen to hearings. Right on. On C-SPAN and just listen and listen and then I'm sure I'll have. You'll something have something. You'll, you'll always Although surprise. There's a, there's a couple of interesting things. I do have a. Uh, the story out of France about the woman who's named her kid Jihad. <laughs> okay. That story is always funny. And there's a couple of other things. I've, I've kind of given up on the New York news, and I'm moving now. And I'm now France 24 is screwed up, so I'm going to leave them, too. I, I think I'm going to go to Germany. No agenda producer. No agenda producer. <laughs> hey, while you're there, see if my bike's around. Yeah, I will. Uh, no Agenda Producer Update coming up with that DBX giveaway. Uh, make sure you uh, stay tuned for that. Coming to you from the uh, corner of SoCo and MoFo, where I'll soon be dancing with Rick Perry in Austin, Texas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. Dancing with Perry. I'm so jealous. I'm John C. Dvorak. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.